very dark, very subversive, but, you know, if you think about it, you kind of laugh at them. Others are just flat-out comedies, you know what I mean? You just laugh at them regardless of how dark the subject matter is. And then we have one in particular, which I don't know if it's trying to be funny or scary or whatnot, but it just feels miserably, right? And that in, <laughs> in that one in particular, uh, pretty much that is going to be, you know, um, the show I'm going to be talking about for my annual uh, Black Sheep Reviews, right? Which is basically okay. something I do um, leading up to Halloween, right? Where I zero in on a particular horror franchise, a popular one. And I, I picked that one movie where, you know, the, the, the diehard fans, even the biggest diehard fans would admit, yeah, that was that was, that was was a piece of shit. That, that should not exist. They should kind of write this off and it should not have ever, you know, been made to begin with. So, right. as far as the franchise goes, I okay. picked the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, this is one, personally, that I'm not the biggest, biggest fan of. Like, honestly, I haven't seen all the films in this franchise. Nor do I need to, to be honest, right? But the, the film right. that has zeroed, that has zeroing in, actually, is one that many fans consider the worst out of all of them. And this would be 1991's Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I will start off the, the program with that, and then afterwards right. I will jump into two dark comedies. Uh, the first one being, <laughs> and this has one of the most interesting titles of any movie you know to come out um, this year, "The Death of Dick Long." Huh. Right, I was, I was hearing about this. Yeah, yeah I, I've been hearing about it to uh, mm-hmm. a couple of uh, YouTubers. Well, one in particular being you know your uh, YMS, your movie sucks. He was the first person I saw actually did a, a quick review of it because he, okay, he saw it at um, this film festival. Not, not TIFF, but another one. Um, I'm going to follow that up with a movie that, uh, well, I knew it was out for a while, but um, I finally got the chance to see it. I know you beat me to chase. Um, this will be The Art of Self-Defense. Right. Right. Um, afterwards, we're going to get to, you know, some zombie stuff. So um, not only do we have, you know, um, Little Monsters, which is a hulu exclusive film well it was you know presented by you know me and all that kind of stuff it's available there um but we're also going to be talking about um the long-awaited quote-unquote sequel to the 2009 um zombie i was going to say horror comedy but it's not really so much horror comedy but more zomcom basically um zombie land uh right. zombie land double tap 
was going to say yeah. Zombie Land too, but it's actually Zombie Land Double Tap. So uh, we waited ten years for this film, boy. So um, yeah, we, yeah, we, we 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 we'll answer whether it was worth the wait or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we start, though, uh-huh. before we start, I again, these Zack Snyder motherfuckers keep pulling my back injured. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Before, before we go, like, okay, like I, I told you would be the one to complain about what, um, like what Francis Ford Coppola said today in Times Recording um, about, you know, oh, again, you know, Marvel comics, I, 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 you know, MCU, movies, MCU movies, MCU movies are despicable. You know what I mean? Like those yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking about that, but I avoided that argument yeah, because it's not like he's saying complete trash. It's not like he's completely wrong about it. Like I get it. It's one yeah. of those. It's one of those arguments that. He ain't saying it right, but he's saying something that would mention and not talking about. Right, so, right. I t- totally agree. Yeah, but, but yeah, I figured until, that would have been something you would have you would have mentioned. No, 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 because it's, it's one of those things that you you you're not saying this in the right way. You're not wording it properly, but you have a point, and it's not like you're, you're the first. But he's not the first to make the point either, right? I mean, it's something. It's an old argument. Yes. Uh, uh, that keep cropping back up ever so often. It's a kind of perennial argument, and it become particularly egregious. Because of the MCU films, because the thing with you know back when the, the Transformers films were out, it had a, a similar kind of a similar kind of discussion, right? Uh, going on, except the problem is that those films were universally seen as bad. But when yes. you have something like the MCU, it is kind of make everything a little, little muddy. Because yes, let's admit it, Disney is very insidious. What Disney doing in terms of the quality of the films, making it you know such a way where it making you think this, that, or the other. But at the same time, is it gatekeeping? Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I, you know, whatever. I, I'd wait. I'd wait till this argument suss itself out a little better for me to take it more seriously, and then you could talk. Whatever, we'll see. Time at a yeah. pass. Right. Okay. But yeah, so uh, uh, about about uh, Zack Snyder. Know, what, what does he do now? It's not Zack Snyder. Is not him. Not him personally. Directly, somebody put out a rap song. Right, a rap song. It, I don't know. It, it just came out like today. I think. Uh-huh. Somebody put out a rap song of defending the Snyder Cut. They call it a re- I forget the actual name. It was something like release the Snyder Cut rap or it's time or something like that. Now here's the thing. Is it cringy? Like, listen to it. The lyrics is some of the cringiest shit ever, dread. But they, <laughs> they, what, they, what, they do, what they do is they use the, uh, a, a hip-hop variation of the Man of Steel track Arcade, which is like one of the cooler tracks on the album. Though. Right. On track there. And the the rap the rapid not that not that special eh? but because the beat kind of low-key fired her it mm-hmm. would mention it like somebody actually made this shit and it it real real weird and sad and odd and it's like are you, are you serious with this though you serious with this they need to chill out dude. wow like 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 what what like people still still on this though like come on yes but they go give up but whatever I just I just think it would mention it look it up just look up I don't know what to look up look up maybe release the Snyder Cut rap or something like that, and you'll probably find it. I, I just find it with just a few keystrokes. I forget the actual name of it. I just think yeah. it was with me, because it come out right after Snyder say some shit. So, like, this is dying now, now. This is dying now anytime soon. Whatever. Right. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll, give a, I'll give it a look to, um, well, uh, I, I hope it doesn't give me too much of a splitting headache, but, yeah, well, maybe I might catch a... Maybe a little couple of chuckles from it, but I'll I'll, I'll give it a look. I'll give it a look. It's seriously, it's seriously cringeworthy, yeah. Like seriously cringeworthy. But the beat kind of look key fire though. That's the only thing I'll yeah, say. Yeah. I actually find the beat because because they use it arcade that is arcade. You know, arcade is a hard track though. 
Right, right, right. So that means, like, if I know my, my um, if if I know YouTube, you know, rap releases, somebody can like recreate that beat now, and then somebody might do a this, you know, on that same track there, like a distract yeah. to that. You know I mean, or something. Yeah, well. I don't know. But we'll see. So without further ado, let me get to some black sheep reviews, man. This year, well, I would say this episode or this special um episode of. Uh, Black Sheep Reviews, I'll be talking about Freddy's Deadly Final Nightmare, right? Uh, not to be confused with the classic uh, Curtis Mayfield song, Freddy's Dead, from the great soundtrack for Superfly. Uh, this actually is the sixth installment in the Nightmare on um, Elm Street series, right? So before I jump into the movie, I just want to talk briefly about, you know, the the, 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 the Freddy Krueger franchise for me, right? Um, what, makes that, what makes that character in particular stand out to me? So... To me, like when it comes to horrors, like especially like late seventies into, well, yeah, roughly to the early nineties, basically, right? Um, when it comes to like horror movie icons, like you know, we always have like a traditional Michael Myers and stuff like that, right? You know, this one guy who's basically like a serial killer, right? You know, simple yeah. premise, right? Simple character. You know, you could just make him as spooky as you want to, right? Which is what John Carpenter did with Halloween, right? But when it comes to like someone like Freddy Krueger, for example, like the 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 two people that he reminds me of, as far as like horror movie icons go, uh, the tall man, if you remember him, he's the main body in Phantasm, right, from nineteen seventy nine, right, and Pinhead from you know yeah. the nineteen eighty seven film um, Hellraiser and the subsequent sequels. Point is, is this like real weird character? Like you know, it's it's something that only could have come from some like one person's subconscious. And it kind of feels like they was just spitballing the ideas. Like, you know what? How about this alien guy, but he dresses in black and he looks like a mortician. And he has these silver balls that flies around and he has, like, blades that come out and stick you in your eye and stuff like that. That would be the tall man, right? Or you have this guy who has pins on his head and, you know what I mean? He has all these guys called Cenobites and they're, like... um pseudo-masochists and you know they do all these torture stuff and they come from this puzzle box and you know what i mean it just sounds like they were at some kind of pitch meeting like the, the creators and they just come up with ideas like on the fly or like in some subway or on a bus and you're like oh this could be like real scary you know what i mean and that's why i get what i think about a character like freddy krueger okay so you have a child a child a child well i don't want to, technically a child rapist but a child murderer <laughs> get found by the people in you know the the um the town they burn him he survive and he have like this shirt with like red stripes this green shirt with red stripes on it he has a hat his face is scarred right and he wears gloves which has these razor blades on it and he so happened to be able to go inside your dreams and kill you inside your dreams you know? Yeah. Like, when you hear a premise like this, you're just like, what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just so crazy. It's so batshit crazy, you know? But somehow, Wes Craven, rest in peace to Wes Craven, pull it off. He made it, he made it work with the first Nightmare on Elm Street, which I would honestly say is probably, is, is arguably the best entry in the, fra- in the franchise, bar none. Like, sure, it's not no masterpiece or whatnot, you know what I mean? But just from... The pacing, you know what I mean? The pacing is terrific in my opinion. It's always tense, always engaging, you know what I mean? And this this figure of of Freddy Krueger is, yeah, just one to like real freaky out now. Of course, you can admit like, you know, when you're younger, you're like, yeah, it's like the scariest thing ever. You can't sleep, blah, blah, blah. But when you look at it now, it's like, 
yeah, yeah it's corny. Really that, it kind of corny, you know. But I could, but but I could remember, and that's the thing. It really right. does feed then, on the nostalgia a lot to it. Like, right. yeah, I remember when I saw the first movie on TV. I remember Johnny Depp's death, which is still probably the best death in the whole series. I remember that shot with um, Nancy in the bathtub and the claws. You know, what I mean the, the razor, you know, fingers coming out. You know, what I mean, and yeah, you know. Yeah. Right, all that stuff. Like, you remember those things there. So, yeah. While I wouldn't say it's like this masterpiece, it's still, you know, a, a great movie and, well, a great horror film in my opinion. Right, okay. so you're going to weigh in on, um, well, the first movie or on Freddy Krueger himself? No, well, just the general 80s vibe and, you know, uh, one thing about it is the 80s was a big factor. So, Ronald Reagan and the cultural blowback to all of that and, you know, whatnot. Like, guys, I saw a lot of that, like, when you look back at it, it's that like, oh, it's just to do with moral majority. And, you know, I see a lot of that. Yeah, and also to, um, well, before I get to the other films, right? Um, well, if you, if you know, like, ever since the success of, you know, um, Halloween back in 1978, you know, the sequels, and, well, uh, most notoriously, you know, the Friday 13 series, you know, slasher films were big now. So, you know I mean? Every, literally every single week or every month or so, you just have, like, these new slasher films now. And, of course, critics hated them, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, they're so violent and gratuitous, blah, 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 you know what I mean? And, yeah, well, those films kind of was on the edge of, like, you know, pure exploitation, in my opinion, right? So ever so often, you know, like like horror filmmakers will try to come in with something a little bit new, now, something a little bit fresh. So that's why you had stuff like, you know, um, like Fre- um, like Nightmare on Elm Street, like Hellraiser, kind of takes it, even though it's not a slasher film, um, ch- and Child's Play as well too, you know what I mean? Just stuff that was just so out there, right? But it was still part of the 80s horror you know, genre, you know what I mean? It has the 80s tropes, the horror tropes in it, all that stuff that you expect from it, but it's just with a very unique body, right? So cool, you know what I mean? The first movie was great, it was a hit, blah, blah, blah. It literally put New Line Cinema on the map. And then, of course, you had, like, the sequels, um, the second, with, with, well, the only ones I really saw, to be honest, um, well, leading up to Freddy's Dead, ironically, is the second one, right? Um, and this is the one that, you know, I wouldn't say it's the most controversial one, but it's the one that, you know, because of its um, homoerotic nature, you know what I mean? Right. It's one of those kind of oddities in, in, in that one franchise. Because like, oh, is, is it some sort of metaphor for coming out? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, All that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff there. So you kind of look at it now and laugh at it or kind of cringe at it. You know what I mean? But, I mean, it was what it was, right? Of course, it was just there to cash in on the success the first movie, because the show literally came out like a year, literally a year after the last film came out, right? Um, there was Dream Warriors, which I heard was pretty good. Didn't get around to seeing that. Dream Master, didn't see that. Um, actually directed by Rennie Harlan, of all people. Um, and the fifth one being the Dream Child, which I heard was easily one of the worst films in the franchise, right? And then we have 1991's Freddy's Dead, right? And the interesting thing about that film is that, well, not surprising... The slasher genre was like just kind of running out of juice now. You know what I mean? It, it was just so so um, satur- um, satirized now over the over the years. It's like well, now now when you come when you come to the nineties, it's just like well, now you know we have to play on this whole Hollywood blockbuster stuff. So everything had to be flashy, everything had to be kind of pop culture friendly, and all that kind of stuff. And well, at the time now with with Freddy Krueger, you know he kind of got more pop culture friendly as well too. To almost to the point that he was like a parody of himself now, which is what they exploit to full detail now with uh, with Freddy's Dead, right? And then, well, 
just last few things before we jump into Freddy's there, right? So I just want to run through the rest of the series here. But yeah, um, this movie was, uh, even though it made considerable amount of money compared to the last film, uh, it was a dud. You know, critics and fans hated it. It pretty much kind of was the last nail in the coffin as far as the franchise goes because, you know, you're all seeing is the final nightmare one. And then the tagline was like, they saved the best for last, right? So people went in and people was like real disappointed by it, right? And that pretty much ended the franchise. And, you know, it's, it's looking at it, no, it's kind of funny that, you know, is this is pre-internet, right? Pre-YouTube. So you think that, oh, well, once we hear through the grapevine, like a movie like this would have been so bad, people would not go and see it now. But like when you see in all these ads on TV, cause I actually kind of remember one of the ads being on TV, actually. Like I remember that being on local TV and that's how I knew it existed. But there wasn't right, like right, somebody right. coming and saying, well, you know, this is my review of the film and this is why the movie sucked, you know what I mean? He just kind of went to see because, oh, it's Freddy. And, you know, once again, nostalgia. You know who Freddy Krueger is because he's already part of pop culture now. So it's almost like people just kind of had no choice but to go and see it now and come out and, you know, be disappointed now. But anyway, so um, last few things I just want to say before I jump into to the review here. Uh, well, thankfully, you know, um, Wes Craven was, was smart enough to do this kind of like meta sequel to, you know, to Freddy Krueger, well, to A Nightmare on Elm Street, called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Um, I remember seeing that once on cable. I remember enjoying it. I like the idea that it's, you know, the character of Freddy Krueger himself pretty much hunting down and killing the actors who were in the first film. And I think Wes Craven was in the cast as well too. So you saw, you know, the the you know, you saw the people from the first film playing themselves basically. And I thought that was like a a really cool kind of meta thing basically. And um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, that's the kind of same thing that he applied to Scream, right? Which was, you know, a big hit, right? Well, we all know that. Um, <laughs> and then quite notoriously, back in 2003, there was a little movie called Freddy vs. Jason. Remember right. that? Which I liked. Which I had fun with. Yeah, it was it was dumb, but it was fun. That's the thing. It was yeah, dumb, I don't, fun. I, I thought they, they okay. We can get uh, around that time was when they, you know they started to do the whole um wink wink nod nod stuff. That started to make make a big comeback in film. So people stopped taking themselves seriously. Yeah, and yeah. for a little period of time there, and that was one of those. It's like yeah, it, it, I I I remember a lot of fun with it because like I didn't give a shit about either franchise in that way. It's like yeah, this way I had to do it there. So, yeah, got you. Yeah, I mean, it it was dumb fun, but because the show knew exactly what it was, it's like, well, yeah, cool. It's the two horror, you know, slasher movie icons just duking it out now. And then you have these dumb teens, including Paul Kelly Rowland, you know what I mean? <laughs> Get involved. Yeah, in. Right, yeah, she doesn't yeah. And then there was the remake of the original film, which came out in 2010. Um, I heard that was like a huge flop and I'm not seeing that because Michael Bay was one of the producers but just because it kind of tried to make things a little more realistic I think I think that was like the main issue with it now because well the big the big appeal now of of these of um of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies was you know the dream sequences you know what I mean just how kind of weird you know these these sequences were now, you know what I mean just how well, not too surreal, but you had these kind of like really surreal moments interwoven into like all the the horrific stuff it's cleaner. So yeah, they could have just get away with whatever crazy idea they came to mind. And if you are fan the series, you will know they, they this this franchise went through some real like insane stuff, eh? 
like I would say G horror level insanity dread you would see in these movies, right? So all that aside now, let me just jump into Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, right? Um which this just kick things off was the first 3D release, right, from New Line Cinema. Because the big sell um, was like in the last 10 minutes of the movie, um, yeah, you have, you have these 3D glasses you had to put on, and you're seeing the rest of the show basically in 3D, right? So, and I even, uh, I'll just kind of run through the story, but, you know, because the story do make a lick of sense, I'll just kind of run through, like, just notes that I was chatting on, right? So, Basically, it takes place 10 years after, you know, uh, part five, right? And we're zeroing in on the town of Springwood, Ohio. And apparently, everybody get wiped out because of Freddy. Just just for reasons, right? People just got killed. And there's only one survivor, right? And that is just a teenager, a boy. And right. the movie's so lazy, they don't even bother to give the man a name, right? So he's John Doe throughout the film. There's a reason why they call him John Doe, but I'll get to that in a bit, right? And right. He keeps having these these dreams of him, like, in his house, like, in his bedroom sleeping. He would wake up, he would open the windows, and you will, will see, like, the house is, like, like in space, and, like, hovering over the earth, basically. And then, like, just dropping down, uh, like, um, about to fall smack. And then every time about, about to fall, um, Freddy would just kind of show up there. This is one scene where it's like, okay, well, yes... Because Freddy is part of pop culture now, he has to make pop culture references. So, right. if you're thinking, okay, house spinning around, you know what I mean? Big gust of wind flying about and all that kind of stuff. Instantly, the first thing that should come to your mind is Wizard of Oz, right? And yeah. <laughs> they, all right, and, and, and just as they make it so apparent, you see Freddy on a broom, dressed like the Wicked Witch of the West Dread scene. I'll get you, my pretty... And your little soul too. <laughs> I'm like, why, Dred? Why, why? Yeah. And this is like the main problem with the show. One of the main problems with the show, right? Because he's part of pop culture now, and he can make all these like quips, right? All these random jokes, you know, references to other, you know, um, franchises and whatnot. Um, yeah. It kind of lessens him as being this threat, as being scary. It's just, oh, here's a funny quip, haha. Remember that? That's from a movie. Ha, ah, okay. Anyway. And it's so bad yeah. now. And um, <laughs> well, this kind of slight little detour here. I, I think that's the reason why, you know, we like when you take a Freddy Krueger now, it's just you just kinda laugh at him. Like case in point. Uh, remember season one of uh, Rick and Morty? Scary Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah like what like one of the funniest scenes ever in the whole series. Would be him coming home late from work, and your yeah, wife yeah. asks him like, what's, "What's going on?" It's like, "Get off my back, bitch!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's his nightmare. Yeah, 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 his nightmare, right? <laughs> but yeah, but get back to the show, right? And then, as I say, ten years after the last film, right? So that would mean that the show take place in the two thousands. But the problem is, the movie is blatantly, blatantly nineteen ninety, like it's yeah. all in your face. Right? This whole show is pure. 1990 stuff now, you know what I mean? It's just so yeah. dated. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, like, I, I know it's part of the law of, of um, well, the logic, I would say, of Freddy Krueger, but I was just thinking of Inception, because uh, it's a dream within a dream, basically. Like, John Doe yeah. will wake up, and he will be in the dream, and then you'll wake up, and it's like, oh, and then he in another dream, and then you'll wake up, now, and that kind of thing. And the whole, like, first five, ten minutes is just him being 
you know, attacked by Freddy. There's one scene with him on a street, and then a bus comes, and in true cliche horror format, he stands there and screams, ah, and you're seeing like the, 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 um, you know, the, the lights of the bus, you know, shining on him there. He gets hit. And Freddy is driving it, of course, and he's like, Go screaming while the bus is in motion. Once again, this these dumb quips. And it doesn't stop it. It doesn't stop. But anyway, so he finds himself in this I don't want to call it a group home, but just like this shelter for you know, for kids on like homeless kids now, kids who, you know, run away from home and all that kind of stuff, right? And one of the people running it is um Dr. Maggie, right? Um and she's played by Lisa Zane, right? Who is the older sister of actor Billy Zane, who, you know, many okay. youngsters will remember as the villain from Titanic. They, they, yeah, they won't remember him from a little movie called Phantom, The Phantom, Phantom, right? Phantom. Like, Phantom. nobody, nobody remember that movie, right? Which came out a year before Titanic. No, no, no. They just remember him from Titanic. Nope. Phantom the yeah, Nexus, right? Hey, I spent yeah, money to watch like Phantom, Phantom, right? I, I, I do. I am not ashamed it's, of that. I, I'm I not ashamed. Phantom, I don't Phantom until the end. The end is so yeah, much bullshit. Yeah, the end, the end was, was kind of mess. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, I was but. thinking, you know, I was like, yeah, this is going good. I think it out. Then they come and have bullshit in the end. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, All right. So, right. So she run in this place now and um, she herself having this dream now. But her dream is a little bit different, but kind of similar too. Because both her and John Doe have these dreams involving this little girl, you know, with this kind of like whitish dress and she have red ribbons in her hair and all that kind of stuff. There. So the film kind of make you kind of want, I have you asking, well, who is this girl now? You know what I mean? Is like, is she a victim or something like that? But in in Maggie's dream, she just seen like this, this guy kind of like her father, like the father of the child now, kind of like playing with her in the backyard and all that kind of stuff, right? So we don't know. Anyway, so. Maggie, no, right, and also who, uh, and also another person working at that place is, uh, well, I forget any guy's name, I forget any guy's name in the film, but he's played, well, they just call him Doc because, you know, the film was too lazy to give him actual name, right? Who is played by um, Yafet Koto. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't know he was in this show yeah, too. Like, okay. okay, something in the news, he was in trouble with the other day, I forget what. Okay, yeah, I, something. I, I, I haven't heard anything about him, like, for years now. But okay, yeah. I, I didn't know that some note was up at him. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. something. It, it's not Me Too movement thing, but then Me Too ish. Oh boy. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah. And he, you know, studying dream logic. You know, I mean, he has this device that, you know, monitor his, his sleep patterns and whatnot. Real Inception stuff. Right? You could tell that Nolan was watching like real, you know, Freddy movies. Like, ah, okay, I got to be. Something like that, but I'm gonna make it a lot smarter. I mean, but anyway, right? And you're there just seeing characters come and go. Um, we also introduced the three characters: um, a Latino, a white boy, and this teenage girl, right? Um, of course, the teenage girl is angsty. You know, what I mean, basically, she right. do like people touching she, and you you reveal why later on, right? And she have this thing for kickboxing. Well, I assume it's kickboxing, right? Because she in the gym and you know just working out and all that kind of stuff, right? The Latino kid, he have this hearing aid on you know one of his ears, and well, the white kid, he's just a stoner, right? He his 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 job is his role basically <laughs> is just a stoner. He's played by um, Brecken Mayer of all people. I I didn't even know he was in that film. Right. Yes. Um, who you would know from films like uh, Road Trip and Garfield, you know, the first Garfield movie. Yeah, he was in this movie too, right? So we just seeing characters and I did like, okay, where's where's Freddy and all of this? 
like I I named the waiter for like 10-15 minutes for this man, right? He doesn't show up. And meanwhile, like John John Doe, right? So well they had to call him that because he doesn't remember his name, right? And he just know oh, okay, something going on in Spring Springwood. It had to do with Springwood. He doesn't remember if he lived there or it has something to do with Freddie, you know I me mean? all that kind of stuff. So Maggie, all curious, is like, all right, cool. Well, I will let, let me just head down to Springwood and investigate this thing, right? So they go in this van and oh, it just so happens that the, the, the three kids that I mentioned earlier will sneak were in the back of the van hiding because they're just trying to get away from the from the shelter. They just wanna move to I don't know, go to some place and I don't know, do whatever, right? Uh, so as they reach into Springwood now, well, they, they realize it's kind of weird because it's just a bunch of adults and all them moving kind of weird and crazy. But there's no children at all, like no children at all. And it's so funny that they have one scene, right, involving like some kind of town fairness. So they have like this carnival thing, they have merry-go-rounds and all that kind of stuff, but they have no children. So like, what's the point of having that if they have no kids now, you know what I mean? But anyway, the movie doesn't even stop to explain it, right? So another another thing that well this movie notorious for is the weird cameos now because uh two of the people actually show up in the same scene, right? Same town, fair scene. Is as they as they are credited in the film, Mr. and Mrs. Tom Arnold. Okay. Yes, yeah, Ro- Roseanne Roseanne D. Roseanne, okay. right? Whose oh, was, was, was real popular back in the days, and of course Tom Arnold. Yeah, 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 they, they, were, they were the movie too. They were the movie too. Yeah. And it's just she, uh, her being like, oh, oh, you lovely children. And then, she, well, then she also come and say, how dare you? Don't you want Freddy coming back for you? You know, because the idea is that, um, well, Freddy killed all the kids there. So it's like, why are you, right. why are you, you know, why are you entertaining this? You know what I mean? If we are kids, then we're going to be in trouble, right? Cool. And then one of the characters, <laughs> first the show so neat, and come out and see. We're in Twin Peaks here. I like, wow. Like you, you could yeah. not, you could not be so audited than you know Twin Peaks, which of course was big back in 1990, 91, right? Anywho, so they just walking around investigating stuff, and you know all the all the um, adults acting weird, and I just stay watching my, my, my clock, wondering when we're gonna see Freddy. So there's this scene where they go inside this classroom. And I have this lecturer who just talking about the history of, of Freddy, right? Oh, well, in 1492, Freddy did this and all that kind of stuff. So, through some circumstances, the, we are both Maggie and John learned that um, he had a kid. He had a child, right? And that child was taken to an orphanage, right, for some reason. And that's what the point of that scene was. Just basically to say, oh, Freddy had a kid. Okay? Right. So, anyway. Um, so, the, the three kids, right? Because... They well, Maggie just say, okay, just go back in the van and head back to the shelter, right? Just just take the van and go back to the shelter, right? So they, they find themselves kind of driving around in circles and then they just get fed up. It's nightfall, so they just find this old house, this old kind of spooky looking house. And of course they say, Hey, let me just go there and stay there for the night. You know what I mean? Let's just just go there, right? And then afterwards you finally see Freddy because he just starts attacking them one by one, right? So he but the man attack Carlos first, right? So um, and this scene was actually like pretty cool because like it starts off with him kind of like playing um Carlos's mother, right? And then he yeah. turns into she t- he turns and turns back to his, his real form. He takes his long Q-tip and sticks it in his ear, the, the good right. ear, right? And then it sticks out through the bad <laughs> ear, right? And <laughs> he had taken the the um oh gosh the hearing aid and threw it away there. 
And so my boy can't hear that. I actually like the setup where you're only hearing him breathing heavily now. So he did looking around for the, you know, for, for his hearing aid. And if you do know Freddie Law, you know, in, you know, um, the, his layer that he sees that, you know, in, um, all these pipes with all these gases, you know, all this gas coming out and all that kind of stuff. So at least the, the set design was pretty cool now. Him kind of looking around for his hearing aid. He finds it and then he puts it back in his ear and it's like this kind of weird kind of like flesh kind of thing with tentacles with sticks in his ear now. So kind of thing like the earworm from um from from Star Trek 2, but just in a more freaky kind of way, right? And then because of that, it kind of amplifies all these sounds around him. So you know, um, so so Freddie just be the sick fuck that he is. He starts throwing all these pins. Now it's like, ah, oh, you hear a pin drop, but it's gonna sound really hard now. And then it goes even so far. The man like kind of materializes this um this chalkboard, and you know he scratches his, his um the the claws while well, his fingers on it, causing um Carlos's head to pretty much explode. And that's the end of that. And he just had to end it off by saying, "Nice hearing from you." Carlos. <laughs> I was like, ugh, why? Why? Anyway, so while all this going on, uh, Maggie and John go into the orphanage and they meet this lady, this creepy old lady there, right? Who is the owner of the, 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 the orphanage, right? And then afterwards, well, you see this um this drawing, this um kid's drawing, right? And you see Kay Kruger, Kay, right? So they assume, oh, it's either Kevin or, you know, some some uh Katy, right? Kevin or Katy. It's only later that they reveal that it's actually Catherine, but Catherine right. spelled with a C. So why is it called a K? I don't know. Moving on. So now to the Stoner fella, right? Uh, now we get the, the this second uh, you know cameo that came out of nowhere. And this will be with Johnny Depp. Yes, the Johnny Depp who died in the first movie shows up. And it, it's him basically doing the This Is Your Brain on Drugs campaign. Yeah. See, this is how dated this movie is. They do it. This is your, this is your brain on drugs joke, right? So he yeah, does his shtick, and then afterwards, Nancy sorry, Nancy Reagan, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then after that, Freddie hit him with a frying pan. Bang! It's like, what kind of drugs are you on? Looks like a frying pan next to me. Haha! Ha, get it? Because you know it. It is literally a frying pan and eggs, right? That's the joke. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, right? So. So, Freddie just because because Spencer like just tripping balls, right? Because he he high off weed, right? He just said, "Yo, trip out, man!" And then you just see him in well, see him in the TV. You see him in all these kind of like cartoonish visuals, like these bright colors, now, right? And you play this song from um this group um Iron Butterfly, you know, uh in a gada in a gada de vida. In a God of the Vida, baby. You know what I mean? That doom, 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 doom. That's the, the song that they use in um, uh, Hip Hop is Dead from Nas. Right, that sample. Right, yeah. So they use that there because of, well, he's high, man. So all these trippy visuals, man. And then just continuing the detailness of this movie, he finds himself in a video game. And it's kind of like, you know, this kind of Mario Brothers kind of platform kind of game. You know, he walk in, he had a jump, he had a duck and all that kind of stuff there. But one of the, the piece of character setup that they do is that he father basically does ignore him. He's like this absentee dad, he don't care. You know, he's sleeping with the employees or, well, the female employee and all that kind of stuff there. So he's like a deadbeat dad now. So you have this moment where this gigantic figure of a dad hits him and is like, you're not my, you know me, like, 
uh, you're grounded or kind of stuff like hits in the movie the head now. And you see Freddy on the other side there, in, in his in, in his lair basically playing with like some kind of like you know game console now. You know, he's controlling, you know, the stoner while he's in the game, right? And what I, what I tell you the visuals for this way, the visuals so remind me, like, remember, like, early 90s Sesame Street stuff, right? Remember I had this, like, acapella group, and they had this sketch, this sketch, sorry, called Down Below the Street? Yeah. What's there yeah. below the street? I remember I had one with Take yeah. Six, and, yeah. right, remember how, the, how, like, the backgrounds used to look so blatantly, you know, fake? That's exactly how this with this scene here, boy. And it just keeps right. going on it. And he just dropping one corny line after the next, like great graphics, you know what I mean? Uh uh, this game is awesome and all that kind of stuff there, right? And then somehow he just press a button on the pad and then sp- uh, well he well the, the stoner ends up in the house again and at this is at the same time when Maggie and John come inside now, right? So Freddy controlled the guy. Okay, cool. And then they reach a point where you see this gigantic animation of Freddy stomping the chest of the stoner. And of course, in the real world, he gets stomped, right? And it's like, okay, cool. And then they have the man like jumping up and down and hearing like these cartoonish sound effects. The, the boy, you know what I mean? And all that kind of stuff. Now. And I just right. watch all this stuff like, this shit is not scary, dude. What, what is this? But anyway, so. Trace, well, Tracy, right? This is the name of the, the angsty teenage chick, right? She and John decide, okay, well, they're going to go into the dream world to try and save the guy, right? His name is Spencer, by the way, the stoner, right? So John say, all right, cool. Well, just knock him out and he'll go in, right? So he get knocked out. He go inside the dream world, right? Then all of a sudden, Tracy just show up. And then he asks, well, well, John is like, well, how did you get there? Though? And she says something that I learned from, from Maggie. It's called concentration meditation. Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> so they find Freddy, they mash up the game controller, but lucky for him, and this is once again, this is how dated the show is. The man have a power glove house. Yeah. The man have his old version of a Nintendo so... power glove house. It's so rad. So rad, man. So rad. Yeah. Anybody remember the power glove? Yeah, well, yeah I mean, can I remember um, the wizard now? Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Kids ask their parents, yes. The, the wizard, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, boy. So he keep playing with the games. Uh, sorry, he he play with the with the um with the power glove. Right? Still manipulated Spencer, right? And then for some reason, John ended up finding himself in one of the Inception dreams again. There, so he like you know falling out of the house, and then he wake back up in the house, and then have a scene with him. Um. Uh. Well. He fallen back down to earth there, right? And he looked, you know, and he see this parachute that he had on, like, you know, this this parachute that he had on him there. He pulled the parachute there. Of course, Freddy is there too. I know why you let me go. Oh, do you think I'm your daddy? You let me live. Only long enough for you to bring me back my daughter. Your daughter? <laughs> and now she's gonna take me to a whole new playground. What happens is that he had a cut in the, 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 the cables now, or whatever it is, for the parachute. <clears throat> and he keeps he continues to fall down, right? 
So while he like real stoked, like, oh my god, like I'm not his son, so who is it, right? <sighs> Warner Brothers style now, this man come with a literal bed of spike strips. So we go on yeah. to we go on from Nintendo now to Wiley Coyote Dread. This is where we reach, right? Yeah. So this man back on Earth, right? Back on back in Springwood, and he just carries across this bed of spike strips. And John, you know, um, falls on it. And in the real world, you're just seeing, like, the blood wounds and all that kind of stuff. And then he tells Maggie, um, I'm, not his, I'm not his child. And, you know, before you see, you know, who it, who it actually is, he dies, right? So, of course, you know, I mean, it should come to no surprise that, yes, Maggie is Freddy's daughter, right? Wow, right? Basically, as Maggie just tried to figure out what's going on, and then we go back to the same dream where it is, you know, with the little girl then, and we'll we see later on that, yes, the, the guy chasing the girl is actually Freddy, and the girl, of course, is uh, is Maggie. But, of course, that's not her real name. Her, her real name actually was Catherine, right? And she was taken to the orphanage because what we learned is that Freddy is just a abusive fuck, and what happens is that uh, he was beaten up on his wife because she right. found the basement where, you know, all the, you know, the razor claws and all that kind of stuff, the gloves were... And um, well, <laughs> anybody had put up like newspaper clippings of the Springwood Killer and all that kind of stuff there. So she put two and two together. And she starts saying, "I won't tell. I won't tell." And of course, Freddie's like, "No, I can't let you, you know, reveal the truth and all that kind of stuff." And he started attack the mother, and you know, the child started to cry, and then she ran into the basement to the to see what's going on. And then, well, because of the whole going back and forth with Dream Logic. You see in Maggie now grown in the same kind of outfit and she like realizes, Oh my god, I'm I'm Freddie's um daughter. Wow, ah right. <laughs> and then Freddie will go as far as seeing Every town has an Elm Street. <laughs> so the idea is that he do it all this stuff because they take his daughter away from him, right? So you know, we so he wanted to take revenge on the people by killing, you know, you know, the, the kids of the of the adults that lived there, right? All right, but it you was killing kids before that, so what was your motivation then? Right? The, you know, the same stuff that he was doing before he killed his wife, right? Because yes, he does kill his wife, right? He beats her to death, right? And so, like, what's your motivation now? But anyways, the point is that he wants to resume doing all this stuff there. And his reason basically is like every town has an Elm Street. Ha 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 ha. You know what I mean? So literally no reason for him to resume. But he kinda want Maggie or I should say Catherine to follow in his footsteps now, basically. Right? So now we have Tracy, right? She's one of the survi- uh, well, the last of the, you know, idiotic kids that we supposed to give a crap about, right? And she right. has this dream sequence, right? And I would say this is the next I would say probably the second and last effective scene right where basically she imagines herself back at home and you see her father who in true nightmare down street law is a perfect right you know he, he's he's scummy he's sleazy uh he you know well you know they try to touch on incest there a bit there so yeah he tried to right. like you know feel she up in a way that she get mad and they, they were in the kitchen during the scene basically right and she fights him off there but then of course father turns into freddy and she's like, oh, okay, and then she just started fighting there. And then, and because she's doing this kickboxing stuff there, of course, 
she like kicking up the band now, you know what I mean? And, they, and right instantly, I was thinking about, um, remember last year for, for Black Sheep Reviews when I talk about Halloween Resurrection and that scene with Buster Rhymes and Michael Myers. I was like, this right. is like the precursor to this, though, because, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a human literally fighting this big, evil, you know, horror movie icon there with martial arts. Though. Like, what? Okay. And then Freddy had this line where he says, Kung Fu this, bitch. Kung Fu this, bitch. Like, what? You know what I mean? But anyway, so Tracy wakes us, wakes us up, up because uh, in the sequence, uh, you know, well, she had this, she had two kettles actually on, um, you know, on the stove there. So she just removed the kettles and just put her arms over it. So the the pain there wake her up there. So she wakes up, and while all this going on, now meanwhile, uh, we go to 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 Yafet Koto because yes, he's still in the movie, right? He pretty much imagines him being Freddy being in this locker there, and he have this baseball bat in his hand, and he ends up like just beating the crap out of him there. I was like, oh, what? Okay. And then, well, in the process now, he has a pulling a, pa- a piece out of a, of a, a Freddy's shirt. And then he wakes back up there. So he was doing the whole dream technique stuff with the machinery, right? And he happened to grab a piece of the, you know, the shirt. It's like, okay, so with this technology, I could go into the dream world, find him. And all we just have to do is just bring him back, right? He just believed that, well, you know, because Freddy, you know, manipulates the world around him, uh, they will use their eyes to fool him. So... Wait for this, sir. Huh? Wait for this. So Yafet come up with this real cool idea, Jared. So Maggie, right, who decides she'll go into the dream world because, you know, it's it's personal, right? Yafet give her a pair of 3D glasses. These mean nothing here. But in the dream, they can be anything you want. No. Okay. <laughs> that's like what? You know, that's like how you can't read in a dream or some bullshit like that. I don't get it. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's basically an excuse to tell the audience, hey, now is the time to put on your glasses, right? Or in the next couple of minutes, put on uh, the glasses. Eh? Oh, so that was like, gimmick. then. Okay, okay. I don't... It's a gimmick. But uh, it's how they work the gimmick into the story. Right? Like, I will try a little example here. Remember a little movie called Spy Kids 3D? Yes. <laughs> that was, um, I think it came out after Avatar, because I think... If I'm not mistaken, I think Avatar was the like, very close to I think it came before. I oh, before. Wait, I think it, right, before. Yeah, right, right, right. It came out before. I don't, I don't have it, a working memory. Yeah, now I remember if it came out before. Yes, so yes. Usually, I'm the kind of guy that was like to compare things. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out before. It came out before, right? Um, can I remember? This was like what? I think this was like the first film that I saw in, in 3D because I didn't watch um what was Shark Boy Alavagil because Shark Boy Alavagil. Yeah. I didn't want to watch that crap. So. Yeah, I mean, and I enjoy Spike Kids for what it was. I mean, it's a fun family show. I mean, Spike Kids 4, you know, shitty bed, but whatever. But anyway, Spike Kids 3, that was like the first. I was like, oh, this is 3D glasses. Ooh, okay. So, but in the film, if I'm not mistaken, because years I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Gimmick was, hey, put on your glasses and we in this yeah. world. But that was early yeah. in the picture. So all the kids, that all the adults, everybody put it on and they in the same world as the characters. So they just experienced this 3D adventure. While the movie play out, you know, you don't wait until the last ten minutes and then you tell the audience subliminally, "Hey, put on these glasses now." Eh? You know, just to, to go and see a show that you hear in three D, right? And the last ten minutes, "Hey, put on the glasses, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like what? Anyway, so, but it's it's subtlety, dude. The subtlety just not existent in this, right? But here's the here's the, here's the thing about it. Eh? Like, as she put it on, 
Eddie, well, all right. So in the dream world, as she goes to sleep, right, she puts them on and then the glasses kind of like materialize the entertain air. So right. in my mind, I tell myself, okay, I thought you would have put them on in the real world before she go and sleep. It's like, nope. She 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 just puts them on when she when she's sleeping. So it's like 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 what what's the point? You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. And it's just the most like ugliest looking like visuals. Cause it's all in Freddy's head, man, and we see in his will and we see like these kind of tree weird spoon like creatures with heads. It's 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 kinda weird. Like like you know what's the best way to describe it? Like um think the baby from Alien Resurrection. The hybrid. The hybrid baby. Oh yeah. yeah Ramada? Right. Re- like, take, like, take the there. head of take the head of that and put it in this kind of like spoobish kind of body that look like the you know the squiddies from the Matrix. Okay, yeah. Like picture that, but think about it like early nineties VFX now. And that's what right. these creatures yeah. are now. And those apparently yeah, are the are the are the dream people, you know, are, are the demons that end up allowing Freddy to survive after he got burnt because you see all these flashbacks when he was a kid and um and all this is in 3D by the way. So all we just oh. seen here is exposition and flashbacks in 3D. And have a scene with him basically killing this hamster. Of course it's off screen of course, right? And you know all the kids call him, you know, uh where it is my son of a hundred maniacs or some kind of weird stuff like that, right? Then afterwards you see his his um deadbeat dad beating up on him and um some other thing happened and then well they, they cut to when the adults find out that he's the spring the the, the um the springwood killer and you know start of you know douse gasoline and boot him up now all that all that stuff right and then afterwards you see the three demon characters come up you see some kind of madness Ready. we know what you want i want it all of course you do and open up. And you shall be forever. And then afterwards, he just kind of possess him, right? And then all this is just to show how Freddy become who he become, right? Like, this is the sixth film, right? And we've seen all this now. Apparently, we, we never saw this before. So, to make a long story short, right? Um, <laughs> Maggie ended up fighting Freddy, right? And what happened is in the process, she tried to hold on to him and then pull him back into the real world, right? Tracy and you know Yafet waiting on them there. <laughs> Yafet holding up here nunchucks us as if he was going to use that to attack Freddy as soon as the as soon as he attacks them there. Nunchucks. Yeah, yeah. Nunchucks. This, this is where we at right now. Like a baseball bat on the summer. Nunchucks dog. Whatever. Right. Anyway, so he show up in the real world and he he feels looking normal. So he looks like you know Robert Englund, whatever his name was. Right. Anyway. He tries to attack Maggie, right? But what happened is that she ended up hitting him with this metallic bat, right? Because in the in the shelter, you know, because you're dealing with all these like tough kids, you know, they 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 grab they end up acquiring all these these weapons now. You see in friggin' shurikens. Right. <laughs> As weapons. Shurikens. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. right? No bother. So yeah, so she had, she has find this bat with like spikes on it that she ended up hitting him now. Well she hit his hand. And the glove, the razor tip glove comes off. And because it's a 3D movie, you know, the, the glove comes in front of the screen, there, but it just falls onto the ground. There. I'm like, yeah. wow, Dred. Wow, 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 wow. 
so they still right. So Freddie and Maggie fight each other, and then <laughs> well, Freddie find himself on a wall now. So Maggie decide that oh, she needs circus now. You know what I mean? These knife throwing things. So she grab yeah. a knife and throw it. It stick him on one. You know, stick his hand, stick his hand. Sorry, on one end, and she use I take a shuriken. <laughs> And stick his, his arm in the next side there, you know what I mean? And she's just doing that basically, so he can't move. And then she takes the glove, sticks it in his in his arm, in his um, stomach, right? And then out of nowhere, right? Well, while while Yafa trying to open the door, because the um the gate, sorry, kinda yeah, gate basically that, that kind of locked the room where Maggie and you know um Freddie is now. Freddie ah, uh, sorry. Yeah. So Tracy just show up with his pipe bomb now and threw it at Maggie. Maggie just takes it and says, "Happy." F-. No, sorry, she sticks it in the in in the wound, right? Um, that she that she made, and then says, "Happy Father's Day." Kisses Freddie on the cheek and runs, right? Yeah. Happy Father's Day. This is your this is your 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 catchphrase before, you know, you you you, you kill this guy once a fall, right? Right. So Yafet miraculously pulls the, the the gate open, right? Well, the door thing open. And lucky enough, just in time, right, for Maggie to, to run out. Of course, Freddy, right, so Freddy about to, to die, right? So he's like, Kids. He blows right. up. Now oh, you see his head once again shows up in front of the screen because, you know, it's in 3D, right? And then the 3D yeah. demonic creatures kind of fly out and, well, that's it. That's the end, right? And now back into the real world now, the 3D glasses materialize back on, on Maggie's eyes there. So, but as I say that now, now I'm wondering if, you know, the, the dematerializing happened in the real world or not. I don't know. The movie didn't really say. And then the last words that you say before before we, 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 we get the credits. Take a while. Guess what it is? Freddy's dead. Oh, she just smile dead. and says Freddy's dead. And oh, this, is, this, this is the end. This is how they chose to end the franchises. Freddy's dead. So, yes. Long story short, this movie was ass. It was it was just a slog to watch. It was a waste of time. I was jotting down notes, just pausing periodically. I was like, and the movie is like what eighty seven minutes long. It took me like about two hours or more just to run through the show because I wanted to make sure I get everything that I could get. Because yeah, I have no intention of watching the show ever again. Um, I agree with the fans. This is probably the worst entry. But then again, I haven't seen the fifth film and I haven't seen the remake. So, but I don't even need to see these films, good because. Yeah, this movie was just a, a absolute waste of time, Dread. And then, yeah. but just to, just to jump in, really, what the main problem is to me is that the man just stopped being scary, like Freddy Krueger. Like when you yeah. when you when you're <laughs> a kid and you hear Freddy Krueger, right? Yeah. You're thinking, oh, creepy guy who comes in your dreams and kills you. That that in itself should be something to be scared of throughout the entirety of this movie, now. And because once again, you know, we go in with this kind of weird surrealist fantasy take on the horror genre so you know they get with all these kind of like weird kind of g-horror-esque kind of scenes you know what i mean it just gets so weird to the point that it's not even scary anymore it's just like more like avant-garde cinema kind of you know what i mean just in right, a real right. shocky kind of way you know what i mean but it just stopped being scary and i imagine if i watch you know three four five even the second one again i wouldn't be scared as compared to you know i mean or feel frightened as compared to the first movie but yeah, because you just dilute this thing and just make it be about all these over-the-top, you know, set pieces and scares and all that kind of stuff. And then you dilute the character of Freddy and you, um, as well. So he's not the scary character that, you know, kids should be scared of. 
Now he's just this, oh, this pop culture icon that, oh, hey, it's a new Freddy movie. I have nothing else to do on a Saturday night. Let me go and see it because, well, YouTube didn't exist. So now you can't make a come and tell you, no, don't waste your money on this movie. You know what I mean? Because I, I imagine, I imagine real people went to see this in droves and then, you know, came out and said, yeah, it was garbage. So now in the YouTube generation, we could we could watch review after review and they'll all see the same thing that I'm going to say. Yeah, this is, this is a trash movie. This is just a waste of time. And, you know, thank goodness for somebody like uh, Wes Craven, who was able to just pick, you know, the franchise back up now, you know what I mean? With New Nightmare, you know what I mean? And more or less kind of start the next phase of his career with stuff like Scream and whatnot, right? But yeah, boy, like, to think this would have kind of, even though he didn't have anything to do with those films, um, except for the first one and, you, you know, New Nightmare, but still his creation. So think about it, like, you know, something that you create and, you know, the studio just basically just flush it down the toilet with all these films now, you know what I mean? So I just glad that something like New Nightmare exists for him to kind of bring new life to the character, you know what I mean? But yeah, but all that being said, yes, Freddy's Dead, the new nightmare is a terrible movie. It is, I would say, I, I agree with many people when they say it's the worst film in this franchise. And yeah, um, I imagine that if you are a diehard fan of the series, you've seen all of them more than once. Yeah, you could totally agree with them, Judd. So for me, this is an easy one out of five. Of course, it sucked. This is the absolute waste of time. Don't even bother with this, Judd. And, you know, it doesn't even work as this you know, as a 1990, you know, pop culture oddity. It's just a bad movie. It's just a yeah. bad movie. So don't even bother with it. There's other shows you can watch. There's other ways you can waste your time. Hell, just go back and watch the first, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I guess watch New Nightmare. And I guess if you want to go as far, watch Freddy vs. Jason. At least that's dumb fun. But don't even bother with the new, uh, with, you know, Freddy's Eddie Final Nightmare. It's just an absolute waste of time. So yeah that pretty much covers it for you know black sheep reviews so um i don't know if you have any thoughts on this show you know i mean if you like it for some god awful reason i mean i don't know <laughs> comment below and let me know what you thought about it and yeah whatever I would say more low budget stuff so uh we'll be talking about the dark comedies the art of self-defense and the death of dick long so you're starting off yeah. with the art of self-defense um which was a show that came out months ago and um i finally got the chance to check it out you saw it before me uh, months ago actually yeah. but um i had my thoughts on the on the on the show and 
maybe you have your thoughts on it, which probably would explain why I didn't mention it before in the in this um, series here. But um, you want to take it away with what the art of self defense is about? All right. Um, okay. So just off my memory now. Um, I'll, I'll fill in Yeah. So Jesse Eisenberg character. I think Casey is it? Yeah, Casey Davies. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's a like you know dead end shit job. Um, I think he's an accountant or something like that. Now, one of them dead end white collar job. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He, he not fitting in with the thing. He have a little dog. Um, then he gets um he get accosted by some gang guys. And yeah, some some guys on motorbikes. Um, yeah, and, and actually attack him like one night on his way home. Like and just right. brutally yeah, beat him, like almost yeah, uh, within yeah, within an inch yeah. of his life, actually. Yeah, pretty much right. And then um, he get time off to, to heal, and he well, he gets like paranoid, so it's, it's crime crime shit. Um, for one understand, this is kind of like a play on um shit like that, wish something like that. Um, oh, you mean like right, 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 like uh, I, 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 you know, I this, this normal, right, like normal character gets attacked, and then you realize yeah, oh, there's all, all this like dark stuff going on, so. No, he has to defend himself somehow, right? Yeah. Right. Anyway, he meets, um, you know, meets, well, he, he, he encounters this karate dojo um, made by a character, Sensei. I forget what he's Yeah, Sen- Sensei. He, he's, he's never really sensei. given a name in the movie. He's just, right, he's just it. Sensei. Right. right. So he got, um, uh, what is this way? I think he got free class. Instead of choosing to choose a gun, he got free, decided to go to free class. He meet a girl. Uh, well, uh, well like a, just, sorry to cut you there, but about the gun. He was in the process of of acquiring a gun, uh, but um, okay. he just kind of kind of well, he was going to get it actually. Like the guy who owned right. the gun shop had called him, but around the time that's after he went to the free class, and he's like so right. enamored by you know karate, so he right. joins his class now. Right, and then um, he meets. I think it's a uh, meet a girl. I forget girl name, but um, a brown belt. Um, her, her name is um Anna. Anna. Okay. okay. Right, so wrong belt, and then he meet a fellow. I think Henry. He was a blue belt, yeah. and he started to get effectively better at, um, you know, picking up the stuff pretty fast. So you know, he becoming yellow belt pretty quickly, which yes. is like nothing, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, but but he makes uh, it a big big deal. Him being a yellow belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like that's just the second belt, <laughs> and he gets into night classes. Uh, the, night classes is like these real badass classes <laughs> like yeah. compared to normal, normal way, way more brutal <laughs> than, yeah. than what that's you would see in the yeah and then he gets sensei into like um into like his own type of music um they had a sort of bounce off each other and, and, and the, the idea basically is that well the sensei noticed that um you know he's he's not manly enough, Tred, and well, right. he, he sees that well. You know you have to embrace your manliness, or else you'll always be scared. You'll always be you know fearful. Right. So listen to more heavy metal. Get rid of your dash right. and get a get a German shepherd instead right. of learning French. Learn German. You know what I mean? Because a more aggressive language and just be yeah. more aggressive. You know what I mean? And outward and with so, how you feel. Yeah, yeah, right. So they, yeah, so they kind of well, there's a little bit of the quote unquote again as another send up of all of this kind of toxic masculinity stuff of you know you have to be a badass and for its own sake kind of thing. Right. Uh, that's what happened, boy. Well, okay. So what's the story? That well, we, uh, no, uh, okay, okay. So so with, with, without without spoiling the rest of the show, um, I would just say that things kind of just get dark. Uh, right. Pretty quick. Well, well, I would say pretty quick, but. 
Yeah, um, as he's introduced to the to the night class, and you know, he his character really you know switches. Yeah, you really things start to get pretty dark, and you know, I mean, the the joy of the movie is just see just how dark everything gets from there, right? Especially when it comes to the character of of, uh, of Casey. I really don't want this to spoil anything beyond that, right? But yeah, um, so I know you saw this a uh, while while back, right? But um, you're right. What what were your thoughts on it, and you know, have they changed? Like, have you like thought about it afterwards, or I, just kind of dismiss it? I think you mentioned you mentioned it not worth mentioning in terms of thing. Like, I loved it. I'd follow this, but I was like, yeah, this kind of come and gone for me, and I think I was just kind of hating on Jesse Eisenberg at the time, so I wasn't really feeling it. I think he wasn't. Um, but again, it's 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 again to me. I just saw, saw it as a send up of stuff like that, that wish and this kind of things. Where is oh, what what happens to you know what you know what this is like? It's like a really funny version of yeah. yeah I was a movie called Blue, Blue Ruin. I have not seen Blue Ruin, but I've heard of it like numerous times. Right. I heard of it. Right, but right. So what? But exactly. So it's kind of like this whole. Well, you gotta be a badass, but be, um, you know, what it is to be a badass and carrying the logic to, to its, its logical space. But right. then they decide to do it. Like, there's a serious version of that where it's about revenge and that whole thing. And this now is that. It's that, oh, well, you enter this world of what it takes to, to be a badass and to survive in the world. You know, that, that nonsense. Now. Yeah. And because the premise didn't really hold me that well, I couldn't really, I, I just come and, it has come and forget. I kind of, I should say, forget about it as it was. That's, yeah, that, that's how I just feel about it. Like, it, it come and go on for me. Like, it good. It, I had fun. It had some jokes that I like. But it was, I'd, like, I don't know who this for exactly. Okay, okay. Well, well, um, I, I, I well, probably, were, probably were the first few times, really, on this program here. But um, I kind of disagree. But, but I get where okay. you're coming from, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Because I went in blind, right? Because I just knew Jesse Eisenberg and karate. That that's all I knew. I didn't know yeah. and or it may be, you know, like a fight club, like a you know, like a right. you know, sort of an upbeat version of fight club. That that's all I knew going in, right? So yeah. I was like pleasantly and you know, enjoyed this though. Like I would say I really, really yeah. enjoyed this. Um mainly because like I, I got because all right, so right off the bat, it's very offbeat. It's very deadpan as far as the humor and the right. dialogue goes. The dialogue in particular, the way how it's delivered, it's delivered in this kind of like intentionally stilted way. Like characters would just talk like, you know, you should really do this or blah, 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 blah. I mean, they'll just kind of talk a little straightforward. They would, you know, cut in between each other conversations like, well, we do. You know what I mean? But it just have this kind of stiltedness. This kind of add to the quirkiness of the story, right? And to me, I yeah. think it works. Just how kind of quirky and just weird it is. But, you know, I was just going along with this. Like, I was telling myself, all right, uh, okay, the Fight Club reference. We got to, all right, Fight Club. I don't really, not really get it. I just seen this, you know, this kind of weakling of a, of, a, of a man, you know, trying to toughen up and whatnot. And then things just started to get dark afterwards. But I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then it just started to get more and more engaging for me. Now, um, as far as gripes go, the motive, like once you actually realize what's really going on behind the scenes, right? With the with yeah, the yeah. sensei stuff, right? It's meant to kind of like shock the audience, like, oh my god, this is really really going on. But yeah. I wish they had kind of fleshed out a little bit there because then you think to yourself, okay, this is how far this group really gonna go to do this 
or to right. you know acquire that is like really like you, you can't just do things the traditional way you have to go about it this way you know what I mean but you know what I mean because it's setting up this kind of dark twister it's like alright I could I could kind of let this slide although like I say they just really could have developed it a little bit more because like when you really still think about it it's like ah I, I, that, that kind of don't really make sense though like it's not really fully thought out but right. I let that slide because pretty much everything else I enjoyed you see you did like Jesse in this uh, I thought that he was excellent in this because okay. Because yes, I know he plays these socially awkward characters, and you know, usually it's to the point that you get you get pissed off. Because it's just like, all right, you just okay. Why, yeah, why are you well, being I... so what? weird? Like, why are you being so quirky? Why are you being like open up normal? Like, talk normal. Yeah. Like, be a human. Be a normal human being instead of just being all weird and you know, you know, introvert. You know, like just the extreme of being an introvert. There, you know I mean, that this is why I got in this film here, uh, where you know, we there's these painful moments where he tried to open up to people, like uh, like one scene in particular with him in um, oh gosh, um, during lunch break, and he's talking. Well, sorry, his friend, sorry, I can't even call him his friends, his uh, well, cool, because they're there, you know, what I mean, and he just like says something out of the blue, and the movie literally stops just like everybody else, and everybody just kind of watching, like, dog. What, what you like? You didn't even take up a way to like properly approach these people. Like, you just kind of see because you just like what trying to be funny, you're trying to be sociable all of a sudden. It's like, what you know, what I mean, but yeah, I like the the character arc that he's given. Okay, you saw how his character changed, and as I expected, his character growth is just in like the most absurd, not even the most absurd, but just in the saddest you know what I mean I mean sad and just how awkward it is this is the most awkward ways possible like when he trying to be a tough guy when he trying to be a badass it's awkward you know what I mean yeah, <laughs> like when he yeah. stand up to his boss it's awkward it's dumb and I was like yeah this is exactly how I expect the character would be you know what I mean and it's so blatant with it too like he would just like I have a, a scene slight spoiler where he's listening to Juman and he has like this picture of uh, a woman's breast, like on the car, uh, on the you know the computer there, and the boss is like, well, well, I, need, I think it's a cool. I was saying, well, no, sorry, the boss was saying, uh, you know, we have some stuff that needs you know finding out, right? So you get it anytime soon. And you just kind of stand up to him though, but it's just this really painfully awkward way. So I got that totally, and how they carried out the character at the very end, I enjoyed that too as well. I was just like, yeah, right. this is this is every bit what I expect from him. Where Yes, he, he is being manly, but just in the worst way possible. In his yeah, yeah. own quirky way. I get that. So, I know for some people, they would not like the character for the word go. And I guess, if you have this love, if you have this hate, I don't want to say a love-hate, this hate relationship with Jesse Eisenberg, like, literally, you don't like anything he does, you don't like how he talks, you don't like how he looks, then you wouldn't like this character at all. But because I kind of got where it's coming from, you know, the whole introvert character, like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it, I get it, right? Right. Um, right. And of course, well, Sensei, yes, he is a dick. He is an asshole, just as I expect him to be. <laughs> but in a kind of way, like, this man, like, really, really believe the shit he's been talking about there. Because, like, I have one scene where he talk about, uh, well, in the in the trailer there, we talk about learning to punch with your feet and kick with your with your fists. Yeah. I like, this is the kind of shit that you tell people when you don't know the, the when you don't know how to fight, right? But you want to yeah, sound more philosophical, you know? You want to sound like you know everything. You know what I mean? And I like the little backstory that they give with 
his his former master, his sensei, and how he died. Uh, this running joke about what happened to him, and you know, I, I, I like that he had these callbacks, these little things that people see, or these little visuals that they show, right, about characters before. And then this kind of comes back up in the air, like, oh, remember? Okay, so this is like a, a callback to what he seen before, what she seen before, and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was real cool. Um, I even like the the dark twist. Well, sorry, not the dark twist. The whole idea of the night school being so grim, and you know, like you know, like a Fight Club kind of vibe, that where people just beat each other like close to death. I would say to death, even like people die in this, right? And it's just yeah. so out there that like, yeah, this is this is just the extension of how 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 you know how much of a man you want to be there. And um, you got that too, really, with the you know the dynamic between Sensei and um, oh gosh, Anna. Well, I felt they could have developed her character a little bit more because she just kind of came off. Because once again, because they're going for offbeat kind of deadpan humor, she came off a little too deadpan for me. Like, she's there and she puts it up with the misogyny. But you wish that she, like, they kind of suggest that she did things to kind of ease things off for her. Like, she was able to kind of ease her way in and kind of put up with it, basically. But, like, I wish that she could have stepped up a little, did a little bit more. She was just like, there in the sidelines, just kind of like, oh, well. You know me just going through my internal struggle. Don't worry about me. I'm good. You know what I mean? And um, they kind of try to rope her in later on with, you know, a little... I don't want to say a twist, but a little subplot that happens in between. But even that as, as well, too, I felt it was a little forced and just kind of came out of nowhere. I don't want to see what happens there. But it's just like, okay, well, what's the point? You know, like, how we get there all of a sudden? What does that see for the, the relationship between Anna and, um, and the protagonist? But all those you know, gripes aside, though, I really did enjoy it. Um, I enjoyed the, the direction and I enjoyed the acting for the most part. I enjoyed the story and especially the dialogue and how it was delivered. Um, the writing I thought was strong as well. And, you know, just the, 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 the music that they use as well, too. Especially when it goes to the whole heavy metal side of things. I thought it worked as well. And uh, I would say just uh, it has a final, like the, the final shot of this. I was laughing at it. But my reason for laughing at it is because it had this kind of kind of in the way of ending things off like the way how the the, the story ends i was just like well, yeah okay so yeah they, they, I, they, I, I like they, i like all this <laughs> yeah slight spoiler you know they hit a, a kind of captain marvel something coming out to the end right, which i like yes 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 yeah they did you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know that okay yeah anyway, yeah, yeah go so, ahead. so i know for some people they, they might really like it they might find it just a little too on the deadpan side of things or a little too like, all right, this is it. I mean, okay. Uh... It's a, I think, I think because I, it, well, because I, you know, come up with this. So I was like kind of shocked that you come up with this guy. Thought well, we were going to talk about this, and I didn't think it was worth mentioning. But uh, my thing was that because it it it's funny, but it's not anywhere near as funny as it thinks it is. One of those because it's uh, so okay, I, I I understand. Um, I, I would it's, yeah, like the, the tone. Um, but then again, because it's dark comedy, you know, you have your. Yeah, like I would say this is like another little warning, right? You know, for, for people expecting this to be some kind of funny ha-ha kind of show. It's not actually. But I was more laughing at just the absurdity of certain things, just how certain scenarios play out and just how dark things got there. So, um, yeah, you know, like I would imagine, you know, you, you're probably wondering, okay, should I laugh at this? Is this actually funny? Like, am I supposed to laugh at the end? I was laughing at the end, actually, because I just was like, wow, they actually ended like this. Okay. <laughs> I just think we had the character was like, yeah, I, I can live with this stuff. But yeah, for some people, they might just be like, okay, I don't know whether I should laugh at this or that. Because it is really, really dark. Eh? It is, right? Un- un- unapologetically dark as well. But 
because of the sort of absurdist way it's told and just how the characters are a dialogue is delivered i was just on board from the word go so yeah i i wound up enjoying this way more than i expected it uh i don't want to go as far as seeing that this could be top 10 for me but i do see myself putting this as an honorable metric i think it is a really solid film it might work for everyone but i think that you know if you just go in with you with your with a with an open mind uh, without watching any trailers like I did, I just went in completely blind. Yeah, you you will enjoy it for the most part. Yes. So for me, I will give this uh, a light four to five. Man, I I really dug it for what it was. Yeah. Uh, it's not trying to be anything, you know. It's not trying to be all like you know, like Fight Club for example. You know, a lot of subtext and all that kind of stuff. It's not that. It's just awkward, you know, man trying to be badass and you know all the weird dark stuff that happens as a result right and that's what i got i got my money's worth there um i don't know if it's a show that i'll remember in the long run but for what they were going for i really enjoyed it here and uh uh this guy well riley steams he's the guy who directed this is actually his uh his second film actually his second feature yeah i really would mind seeing what other you know movies he have you know Soon enough, there. You know I mean, I, I'll, I'll be looking out for the next film from him. You know, whenever it comes out. But yeah, if if you're a fan of like these, you know, sort of indie small budget films, yeah, give this one a look, man. You you will be entertained by it. Uh, but Ricardo, well, I know you didn't really like it that much, so you can give yeah. it a rating, or you so, kind of forgot too much of it to even give it a rating. I, yeah, in my head, I want to say more than ten. Nothing like worth mentioning. Uh, I don't like. It's something that just come and gone, and people was kind of talking about it for two seconds. And I think you know that be like this real, like really funny, clever movie, and it just kind of like, okay, whatever. And I remember, oh, okay, okay. So you um, went with expect expectations, kind of high then. Okay. Well, kind of high, but not not too too high. But I was like, it's it's fine, it's fine. It's like it's like it just come and gone for me. I don't think it was worth mentioning. That's the thing with it now. So it just yeah, come yeah. and gone for me. Yeah, whatever. So I'm not right. Like, okay, fair. I, I remember that week I was like, okay, I want to mention it, but I thought you did hear about it, and I thought you would have mentioned it, and I'm like, oh, if you mentioned it, I'll see it. I don't uh, know. Well, yeah. that's, that, that's fine. It's one of those shows that will pass, you know, we, you know, bypass a lot of people's radars. Eh? Like, you know, a lot of, not a lot of people will be looking out for a show like this, or kind of like, okay, uh, I hope to see this. I have this, I have this in my head, so hopefully when it comes out, I can see it. Yeah, but... If you do manage to check it out, if you do manage to remember it, then yeah, give it a look. You you may like it, right? And yeah. uh, I would say the same thing for the next show that I will talk about. Well, you didn't see it called The Death of Dick Long, right? This is one of those shows that, yeah, once again, would have fl uh, flew past my reader had it not been for the title. Okay, yeah, the title itself, yes, is so incredibly intriguing, right? You know, you could kind of, you know, try to figure out, ooh, what's this about? You know, Dick Long. Who's Dick Long? Who, right? You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, so just to jump into the show, right? Well, before I jump into the show, I uh, just want to mention that the director of this and the producer of this is Daniel Scheidert. Um, uh, I think that's how he pronounces his name. Uh, that's right. how he pronounced his name, right? Why well, say Dears for a sec? Because him and Daniel Kwan, yes, they both named Daniel, right? They worked on a film, a little film, also from E24, right? E24 is the, the, you know, the distributor behind this movie here. A little film called Swiss Army Man, back in 2016, which was a film that I don't think we did a review of, but I think we mentioned it in one of our early episodes. But um, no, I think we did review it. Yes, 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 we did review it, actually. And I 
wasn't in love with the film. You know what I mean? A lot of people were like praising this film and calling it one of the year's best films. Like, yes, it's incredibly unique. You've never seen a movie like this before. And that's fine. I like movies like that, right? But for me, it just didn't really fully stick the ladder with me. I just felt it was just, all right, weird and absurd for the sake of being weird and absurd. And then, like, the final shot was just, like, just, like, dumb. It's like, okay, well, we just had to hit you with this fart joke again. So let's do this at this incredibly dramatic moment and end the film there. But all right. other than that, I, I saw how inventive it, it was. And, you know, I mean, if, if the point of it was just to make, make those guys stand out as, oh, we could make quirky stuff, but make it really entertaining, then, yeah, they succeed with it. But it's just not a show that I've revisited. I actually don't plan on revisiting, revisiting that film anytime soon at all. Uh, but just before we jump into that and Dick Long, I uh, just want to weigh in on what you thought of that film, Swiss Army Man, at the time. Yeah, so remember, I, was, I, I hated the ending, but it was unclear yeah. what happened with it, and it's like, is this happening in his head or not? I didn't care for that. Um, I was not a fan. It was one of these movies that rare people liked, and I, I just didn't care about I was like, okay, it's funny, I get it. Yeah. I think the funny part, sorry to continue, but I think the funny part about this too is, is, is it's not like these two guys are like, oh, you know, they always like to call art film artifacty. So here's what we're literally going to make an artifacty movie right. here, guys. Well, no, I, um, my, my, my attitude was, well, it has some subtext here that I'm not getting. So that's why I don't like this anywhere near as much as other people. Right. Um, that's what I felt about it. So I was like, okay, it's it, good, it's kind of funny, but nowhere near as clever as, as people making it out to be. And it, again, a lot of it have to do with the guy's trauma, apparently, and stuff like that. So I was like, well, you know, okay. But, like, it's nowhere near as clever as it thinks it is. That, is, that was my attitude. It's funny, right. it's well-made, um, but it come and, again, it's one of those, like, it's it, all right. I didn't love it as much as other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And um, the thing is, with, with this movie here, The Death of Dick Long, right? Because I was hearing, well, uh, you know, I saw a couple of reviews on YouTube. Some people called it one of the funniest movies of 2019. I could understand why people would say that, but I don't like totally agree though. I get the appeal of it. I, I get what they're going for, but once again, this is like for me it's just not a show that I would see Hadmer like on the you know on the floor laughing and whatnot. Like it's funny, you know, when you think about it, but still not not funny enough to, to hold a truly tight issue. And that I would say is because of the tone. Because the tone you know, it, because they play it off as kind of overly, slightly overly serious, I was looking at the film as that, you know what I mean? And then because of how the, the, the story goes along, I was looking at it uh, from a kind of slightly serious perspective, right? So, what is the death of Dick Long about, you wonder? Hmm. So, we are introduced to three white guys, right? They, they're from Alabama, right? They're part of this this rock or I would say new metal cover band basically. Uh, so it's Dick Long who is who is uh, played by the director of the film itself. Um, Zeke Olsen who's played by Michael Abba Jr. Uh, never heard of him before. And Earl Wyatt who's played by Andre Highland, right? So of course Red Necks, you have another guy called Earl, right? I guess. Right, so one night, well what is do, right? They, so they just hang out in this bar and just like, do bad practice later. So, uh, Zeke is married, right? He has a, well, sorry, he have a, he, he, he well, all right. So, yeah, so basically, yes, he is married. He has a, he has a daughter, right? A, a, a little girl, right? Um, 
Earl, on the other hand, he just working at his job. He has this sort of on again, off again relationship with his girl, uh, who just so happens to be played by uh, Sunita Mani. Uh, you remember from uh, Mr. Robot and Glow? You know, the India Gilda, yeah. you know, she shoots she, she yeah. up in this. It's like, hey, shoot this. Okay, cool, cool. All right, cool. Right? And Dick Long is just Dick Long, right? Uh, well, Richard Long, that's his name, right? But he also is married too, right? So this one night, they play, they're having fun, they're drinking. Well, actually, Dick was the one to say, you know, you want to do some weird shit. And they just see this montage of them just drinking, you know, firing off fireworks, just having a blast, just having fun, right? And it just ends with them going into the shed, right, uh, in, in, in Zeke's house. Uh, well, in the, you know, the backyard of, of Zeke's house there. And, you know, we don't know what happens then, right, because they just cut to the title. And then the morning after, well, you could see the, the, the dawn after, um, you see Zeke, you know, driving at top speed. Uh, and you see, like, uh, Dick in the back of the, of the well, the back seat basically bleeding, right? We don't know what happened to him. It's just he bleeding, right? So, Zeke and Earl leave Dick in front of the hospital. Of course, paramedics come and take him, right? And then we learn later on that, uh, well, yes, he is dead, right? He died from, yeah. from this bleeding. But we don't know what caused it, right? And you have this doctor, uh, this guy, I forget his name, but apparently he's this comedian, right? Uh, and he finds out what happens, right? So this is like this big MacGuffin. You know what I mean? What happened to, death, uh, to Dick Long? How did he die, right? So <laughs> Zeke now trying to cover up what happened there. So because he used his car... Uh, you know, Dick was bleeding in the back seat now. Uh, well, the blood there, there, and now he had to take his daughter to school. It's like, oh, well, you know, we the blood is there, so you know, and they kind of just set up early that, yeah, they, they're very adept when it comes to like you know, rectifying the situation here. There. So he takes this, this, like this, this dress, I think it is, this cloth that put it on the back seat, thinking that you know, it would suck up the blood, and of course, the blood ends up going on, you know, his daughter's dress. And you know, it's just one thing after the next, you know, Zeke and Earl just trying to cover the tracks, right? And then later on, we finally, uh, we finally learn the secret, you know, the truth, sorry, how it is Dick died. And um, I would say, though, know, it is one of the, the, the shining moments of the film. I don't want to spoil what happens, but uh, you'll either be shocked or you'll be laughing at it. I, I was, I was, well. I would reveal something. I, I kind of got the review spoiled uh, through a review, right? This, uh, a word was was used. I'm not going to say what word it is, right? But when I saw that, I was like, okay, I just waited for the punch. I waited for them to see it. But even if you, you kind of could guess what happened, the joy is seeing how other characters reacted. Because when other characters reacted, especially Zeke's wife in, in this pivotal scene, it's pretty funny. And, you know, it really does reflect how the audience will feel. It's just like, you know, right. this big WTF moment, right? But the point of the movie isn't so much about his death. That's just, okay, that's just the McGuffin. We know what it is, but it's the consequence after that. Uh, and you see it more in the character of Zeke, you know what I mean? Him going so far out of his way to hide his tracks uh, to the point that, yeah, well, the cops show up and try to find out what's going on. And he just tried his hardest not to reveal what's going on, but, you know, he just can't do it. And it's just... One thing after the next, and I'll stop there. I don't want to reveal anything else. So, um, the way I was talking about with tone, right? The, the, the movie, this this film reminds me of a lot is Fargo, right? You know, the classic, yeah. you know, um, the classic film from... Uh, well, yeah, the Coen Brothers, right? The Coen Brothers, right? Where, uh, you know, this is something that I didn't even know about till like, probably the second or third time I saw it, eh? 
The first time I saw it, I didn't think of it as a comedy at all in it. I just yeah. saw it as a straightforward thriller. Uh, slash drama. No. I did not see this thing as a dark comedy. I didn't even know what dark comedy was at the time. This is similar to like when I first saw, you know, Doctor Strange stuff, right? The classic film from my boy, Stanley Kubrick, right? The goat. I just looked at this thing as a serious film though. It's only after after the fact it's like, you know, but it's just so absurd and weird. It's kind of funny, you know. And I kinda of laughed at it there. So same thing with yeah. Fargo. Like I didn't look at it thing as, oh, it's this pitch black comedy. I just look at it as Oh, it's a thriller about this husband trying to kill his wife and, you know, just inept, uh, you know, just how inept he is and all these shenanigans take place there. But then I, I started to get used to the Coen Brothers style of dark humor. It's like, oh, okay, now I see what they get at. So it's not really funny, haha, but it's like funny look at how they go in, you know, that far to, you know, to, to do the job and cover the tracks and all that kind of stuff, right? And it's the same thing here with this movie, but in this case, it's just these rednecks, you know, we just, and it's not, the fact that they read next is that the fact that they in Alabama and the way how they kind of show Alabama because this is one thing that I like about the show it's never really specified what year it is, it's, it, it's in so you hear like these like early like late like these early 2000s songs like you hear in Creed with eyes wide open like remember that song with eyes yeah. wide open and where everybody used to sing like this I mean sorry I, I, I do it in the wrong way but this is how, you know, people, like, in the rock will assume, like, when you're doing power balance, you have to sing like this, stuff. you hear click, click, pull, you hear nickel back, you hear, like, all these, like, really, you know, big commercial songs, though, but they're just so incredibly dated, though, like, when you think about it, right? So you're not too sure if, because I just read it as, okay, it's in modern times, it's in 2019, but it's just that these characters just, you know, just refuse to grow up there, so they just listen to these old songs. I could be wrong, but that's how I read into it. There. Just these these uh, three main characters, including Dick Log, who, like I said, dies right, who just don't want to do what, who just refuse to grow up right, even though they married and you know they kind of have like a reasonably good life. They still you know frat house you know um, teens there. You know what I mean? They still drinking, still smoking, just doing all kind of crazy shit, right? But it's what it leads to, right? And it just kind of shows the immaturity that kind of led to, well, you know, to Dick's death, right? So, what? Because I was reading into the film like that, I didn't really see it that much as you know, funny, haha. But I knew yeah. in the back of my mind that it's not going for that. It's supposed to be dark comedy, but because they play it in this kind of overly serious kind of way, I couldn't help but see it as well, you know, a drama. Though, but it just so happens to be based off of this really incredibly ridiculous scenario right which it is right and the movie isn't afraid to say that yes the yes the scenario is really ridiculous it is right but they just play it off as serious and thinking oh well i guess that's the point of it so i just kind of look at it like that now because i'm not so much sympathizing with the characters but just pitying them there, especially zeke who the film really centers on like yeah the man is a loser you know what i mean he has a wife he has a child but he he is really irresponsible there and then, you know, when they sort of give some twists and some reveals, it's like, yeah, boy, like, dude, you just, you just are a real idiot, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of deserve what coming to you, know? that's all I'll say. But yeah, so I didn't really come out of it, like, laughing my head off, although, like, I see some people find it, find it to be really funny, but I was like, not really, you know what I mean? And then, I guess maybe it's because I had the twist spoiled for me, so maybe that was the reason why I didn't quite find it to be too funny in my opinion but all that aside though i mean the acting is solid throughout um i was impressed by the direction i was impressed by the 
just basically how they create this world, you know what I mean? This kind of world that it, it kind of feels like, uh, what they say, by uh, behind God back, as we see in Trinidad, like this this state, yeah, or I'll say this area, you're right, where it feels like nothing really develop or grow. It just feels like it's stuck in time. And these characters here, they're stuck in time. You know what I mean? Right down to the way how they try to solve the problem here. It's just like, no, like y'all, y'all don't watch movies, so y'all don't know that's that's what they're supposed to do. So things like that. And I guess the joy or the humor is just seeing how inept these characters are, how long it takes for these characters for them to to realize what's going on, or waiting for them just patiently and then waiting for them to like really find out what's going on. It's like, oh, let's see what happens next. But really, what kind of brought it out for me, like I said, is just how serious the tone is. Well, like I say, not too serious, but serious enough for me to. Yeah, to get invested in the story, you know what I mean? So I was yeah. kind of wondering what's going to happen next, but I was like waiting for the next joke or the next punchline. It's just, okay, how far is this thing going to go? And you do see it play out. And I would say as far as the outro goes, I think it works well, uh, especially in terms of just showing how these characters grow, because really, at the heart of it all, this is what it's about. It's just characters who kind of refuse to grow, to grow up, and then this really ridiculous situation happens, and they kind of force to grow up, right? And that's it. So, overall, while it's not the funniest show I've seen out there, I would say it is one of the more, one of the better indie films I've seen this year. Because, yes, true and true, this is an indie film. You could tell they, they were working with a, with, a, with a small budget and they, they managed to pull off, uh, you know, yeah, they actually managed to pull off a really, a really solid film, a really entertaining film, you know, being true and true. Um, so, unless you like your films to be a little bit more flashier, to have more camera work and, you know, being bigger actors, because, yeah, Apart from, you know, the, the girl from Mr. Robot and Glow, I really don't know anybody else in this movie, right? So, if you're looking yeah, for yeah. big names, you will get here, right? And last thing I'll say before I get to rated, don't go in expecting this show to be some kind of raunchy, over-the-top kind of, you know, some, you know, murder mystery wrapped, wrapped around some kind of, like, raunchy sex comedy. Like, it's not that. Like, the, the right. title may, may, may hint at that, but it's not really. It's more of more drama really not so much a thriller or a murder mystery but more drama really but you just have this really dark sense of humor you know interwoven into the story here right and whether you find it funny or not i guess that depends on you so rated wise for me i will give this a, a decent three and a half out of five um it's not a show that i will seek out again in a hurry but it's one that yeah i would recommend uh, especially if you you know we like like you you know like you ricardo you know, you've just been pretty much loving Nearly everything that eight to four has been thrown at us. The CBF factor movie yeah. like this with a title like this trend get released and get you know such good reception. Just shows yeah, eight to four doing their thing, man. I just can't wait to see what other, you know, weird release they have next. Well, you know, outside of the lighthouse, which I hope we do get to see, you know, before the year ends, right? But yeah, this is if you like your indie stuff, yeah, give this one a look, man. Uh, if you like your, your dark comedies, you may like it. Um, but like I say, just don't go in expecting this over the top raunchy film. It's funny, but not too over the top. But if you like that kind of stuff, if you like uh, your dark comedy right. stuff, then yeah, you'll enjoy it. So yeah, give it a look if you if you manage to get around to it, and if you manage to remember it, yeah, give it a shot, man.
Alright, so moving on from that now, now we're going to get to some zombie stuff, right? So we have two films we're going to talk about. First one being Little Monsters, and the second one being Zombieland Double Tap. So, uh, Ricardo, what is Little Monsters about? Right, so it's... I mean, I got, I got to say something kind of controversial, but I, I think it's the case, whatever. Yeah, so it's about this guy. Right, so Dave, you know, is this rocker. You have a band called, I think, God Slash Hammer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, God, uh, God, God Slash Hammer. This, well, of right. course, heavy metal band, right? Yeah. yeah. You break up with your girlfriend, you can't go nowhere in your life. You can't have a shit on what the kids call a fuckboy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 he is, he is. Yeah, he's, he he's is. That's general trash. Um, he he kind of bombing. I forget what, oh, right, he broke up with his girlfriend, he's not living with her, but he had to, he basically bombing on his sister. Yeah, who um, has a, who has a son, actually, Felix. Right, all right, he, he tell, he carry, one day he decided to carry Felix to go and propose to his girlfriend, but he catch a girlfriend having sex with Uncle Roka. He, you know, the, the sister wasn't having none of it. And she tell him to move out. So he's like, yeah, you're about to move out. Things kind of bad. But then he he decided there's one thing like get getting her um to uh, well drop his son to school. Uh, and he there he meets um Miss Caroline. Uh, Miss Caroline, uh, Miss Audrey Caroline, Caroline. made by yeah. uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, right. Um, Audrey. He keeps saying and. Uh, equally, he fall for her. She's pretty cute. Blah blah blah. And yeah, then they decided to go to. <laughs> yeah. She decided to go to. Um, they decided to go to some like a retreat, some retreat just to meet a, a famous like child celebrity type person. Yeah, well, well, essentially, um, essentially, it's a zoo. They just go into the zoo. Um, right, right. But but, but what? It, but yeah. But also there is, is uh, this. Sorry. Also there is this sort of like. Um, this host of this children show, um, right. his name is like Tit yeah. Giggle. He's played by probably yeah. one of the most annoying <laughs> comic actors. What second? He's yeah. played by one of the most annoying um, comic actors ever, in my opinion, Josh Gad. With the exception right. of Beauty and the Beast, Red, pretty much everything that he's been in, I've hated. Like I hated, yeah. uh, <laughs> like I hated Pixels, and I'll talk about his character in this one in a bit. But yeah, yeah so, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, so all of this happening in the midst of apparently a zombie type event a breakout of some type so these you know people getting zombified for some reason they, they never explain why i forget why it is no they, they never really said they were just doing tests and it well right it, it, it cliche thing one of the subjects broke out and right. infected well, like, the other person right. they, escaped from, they escaped from a military base and it's one part of the base had a breakout which took a couple zombies but then another part of the base had a big breakout as well so the military had a clamper down but then most of these zombies end up on the, the farm. So yeah, because ironically, uh, the the the, the, uh, the military base is right next to the zoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? Right. <laughs> uh. right. So the whole point of it is that is it, it, they had to play everything nice and charming. So the they, the, the the two adults, Dave and uh, Audrey, um, go out to the way to try to keep things nice and, and friendly for the kids to, to not really know what's going on. And where they figure out what all the, all the bullshit are going down. And they find themselves trapped in the middle of this, um, in the middle of the park, in the, I forget what the central park is, uh, like an office effectively. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, pretty much, it's just them spending time um, inside it's, it's there. It's one of those, uh, it's a gift shop, actually. It's a gift shop. Oh, exactly. this stuff yeah. Right. And, well, most of the movies about, you know, Dave not being a shit. And confession time, they talk about each other. 
she had she done period where she was finding over Hanson for some reason. And then they kind of come 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 to full circle where the music matter and yeah, so Josh Gad Josh Gad was, was repeatedly being a shit as well because the joke is that easy easy mean um easy mean you know child friendly character, but then he stopped being child friendly when shit going down. And yeah. you know, he tried to sneak off a couple of times, he tried to screw them over a couple of times, and then something shitty happens to him, which was kind of funny. Uh yeah. Then they, well, they escape, and that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 don't worry to reveal anything beyond that. We forgot no, one, I, one, little, one little detail, uh, actually, with uh, Miss Audrey, uh, her with this cute little ukulele that she uses to right. sing right. songs right. to the little right. kids, you know, to, to make them feel yeah. better. Right? So this is like a, uh, of... Yeah, this is a character trait that they use throughout the, the, the movie, right. actually. Well, coming on to the end, they have the power of music, effectively. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That works on the zombies, apparently, as well. And yeah. well, the main crux of the movie is more, you know, Dave's arc and him not being a shit anymore. I didn't completely hate this. I thought I would have hated this really badly. But if you if you know what to look for with it, it's okay. It's not that bad because it's more about you know being being nice in a shitty world. That's what the that's what they're kind of going for with it. Um, other than that, a lot of this stuff kind of fell flat. Josh Gad's character he's supposed to be annoying. I get it. But yeah, holy shit, this man is real fucking annoying, is this? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not, not to be surprised, uh, but yeah, yeah he, but he, was, he was he was bordering, he was bordering on unwatchable uh, for me. Right. Uh, Lupita was okay in this. Um, they didn't really do anything with her character other than the Hanson thing, which was supposed to be funny, which wasn't, apparently. Um, no, it wasn't at all. Yeah, I don't know what, why, why they go with that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, and then this, this thing now with, uh, with, with her singing Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. I like right. here's the thing. Like like in the film, they, they say well, they kind of say that uh, oh well, she's a lady who sings these Taylor Swift songs, and all they sing through the movie is shake it off. Right. Well, and... they don't really. again, the big context, the context of everything was because of the kids. Like all of this would have not worked at all if it wasn't for these kids. And child acting was okay for what it was. Um, yeah. Um, well, well, the character, well, Felix, the actor, plays Felix, kind of grew right. him a bit. Like I felt like he, well, you know, in typical. You know, kid actor stuff. He was reading lines. You know what I mean? Right. You right. know, trying to memorize lines. Uh, but then he kind of grew him uh, for some odd reason. He grew him. Uh. Yeah. I think it's because I, they I, gave I, him I stuff to do in the film. Uh, right. He wasn't just there, like you know, right. oh help me please. You know what I mean, he actually did stuff, right. which 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 surprised me. But yeah, go on. Right. So yeah, why why it slightly works is only because of the kid stuff and because of the whole what he would do. You know, this is clearly for parents. Like it's what he would do. All the shitty things are going on. He will. What you would do to, to make it make it seem as if it's all right for kids, and and to play down for kids. That that's why it works for the most part. Right. If it, this this are clearly a family film, but for zombie people. So I, I don't know if it, it's clearly for cynical millennial parents. Like that's how I come across. Like what the audience is like who it for exactly. Um, that's why it works. So you, you still have to do funny zombie shit and horror shit, but it's for kids and it's hey I have kids I have. You know, by the time you're, you're in the mid thirties, or how many people in the mid to late thirties, they have at least two children by now, right? So yeah. is that? That's what it is. And right. I don't have nothing else going for it. I enjoyed it for the most part. Lupita was nice, and you know he was nice to the um, Jack fellow. I forget the actor name, Dave. Yeah. Uh, they they had okay chemistry, and the ending I liked because of what they did with that, and that was it. Right. And nothing more, nothing less. Uh, okay. Well. <laughs> all right. So. Good. Let me just get it good out of the way, right? So good. Yeah. Uh, Lupita Diogo. Uh, great, great, uh, great. You know, screen presence, of course. Uh, love the character as well. You know, what I mean, 
uh, and basically just her decision making I thought worked as well like her not having to resort to being some kind of you know uh, some badass who could suddenly fight those zombies even though there's like one scene where she, where she did that uh, which I wish that they could have done um, shown more of it was going good and just kind of stop it midway just to show the aftermath of it and she had like blood on this yellow dress that she have on her just so we could have it in the, in the poster it's great but just the moments yeah. with her you know we uh you know talking to the kids that really felt natural um it had some really sweet moments with her with the ukulele like one scene in particular where she sung one of my favorite Sesame Street songs of all time yes I said it uh I like to visit the moon like that is like up there is one of the greatest songs ever mm-hmm. in, in Sesame Street in my opinion yes early yeah. singing that Love that song, right? Loved it ever since I was a kid. And not saying that Lupita have like the best voice out there, but I thought that her rendition of it was like real sweet though. There was a there was a yeah, chant yeah. it, right? Um, it feels like one of those films that this this is our role that Zoe de Chanel should be in instead of her. But like they cast her instead, so it's like all right, whatever. Right, 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 yeah. Um and they actually justify why she would be in well Australia. Because this is where the film yeah. is set. I didn't even know that going in, right? I'm like, okay, how are they gonna justify her? You know, yeah, cause yeah, she's she she adaki, right? As we see in Trinidad. Like, how are they gonna justify her being in Australia? And they do. Right. Uh, even though I just really like that, okay, it's she she was she was a groupie, basically uh, pretty much in the 90s, following uh Hanson. Also, we right. can have Umbop play at the end credits. Really? Right. Anyway, right? Yeah. So um, but and I would say yes. The actor who played Dave uh, Alexander England, ha ha ha, Alexander England, right? That he's 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 Australian. Ha, huh? isn't that funny, right? So he grew on me. Actually, it took a while for right. him to, to, to to grow on me. Because yes, I know they, they try to make him be this asshole, dude. but here's the thing: like at but the very beginning, I was like, those jokes in the beginning kind of work, right? So you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the way how he reacts to things was funny. Like the way how he was cussing out, he acts and all that kind of stuff. It worked because. Right. You could tell, yeah. like, he, he hurted him, but he just tried to be tough about it, but he just don't come right. out properly, you know what I mean? So, like that. I thought that, that, that was really funny, but it took a while for him to grow up. I think the, re- the, the main reason being, and this is one grand with the show, is that I kind of went and expected this was going to be about Lupita's character. Show me right. starts, and there's like 10, 15 minutes without her. It's about this guy, Dave. It's like, wait, who's Dave? Like, the, like when the movie the starts, like, wait, I, I, I'm watching the same show? Little monsters, right? I've seen the title, right. but wait there. Well, is he the character I'm supposed to be following? She's on the poster with the look ukulele jumping about with all these gnarled hands coming after her with the, exactly. with the yellow. Right. right. And then so. you see this guy, Dave, and you're like, who's Dave? Like, what's right. the story to set up there? But then I, I like that oh, it, it touched no, no, on no, uh, well, it touched on his nephew and well, him being in, you know, uh, Audrey's class. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. So I see. And I, 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 I could see a guy like him. Well, falling forgery. Like I, I don't blame the man, but you know what I mean? So it's kinda like he was selfish in terms of his motivation to stick around them. But it's like when yeah, literally shit hits you far, it's like, okay, well, now I have to be there, not just for Felix, but for Audrey and for these kids. Cause you know what I mean? And the character group that he shows well, i for the most part I bought. But I just wish that they could have developed it a little bit more there. It just kinda felt a little too rushed. Like all of a sudden he's you know, a hero and what did he defend these these kids? Uh, I guess it's because you have the 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 PM. Well, sorry, uh, have this dynamic between him. Sorry, compare them now between him and Josh Gad's character. Who, yes, I totally right. hated. I didn't even know he was in the film. 
and this is coming from somebody who saw the trailer like about a month or so ago. Eh? I didn't right, even know yeah. he was this, and I know he was. I was going to hate him, and yeah, I hated him right because I expected this. Yes, of course. Which is the fact that I was expecting him to reveal his innermost nature, eh? but it's still him just being annoying, cracking dull jokes, being vulgar for the sake of being vulgar, and none right. of it just landed. It's just one scene, one scene in particular, where like the kids were making noise and asking him to sing a song, and he was like, you know, he he cusses them out there. That right. was the one moment where I was like, all right, uh, that 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 moment was for me. Everything else fell flat. Although I like how he died. Well, yes, right. spoiler, he died, right? That was clever. I would see that. That was real yeah, clever. Yeah, about it, huh? Yeah, that was incredibly clever. But, I don't know, but the joke they had with it, funny, because, okay, so, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but the implication is that the zombies still have some workable consciousness. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. sense why that would happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah. they will just do, like, you know, it's, it's in true zombie format, they will do the last thing yeah. that they've been doing repeatedly. Right. Now. You know, so exactly. like think, think Dawn of the Dead, think you know the old like the the original Dawn of the Dead. They will do the last thing that right. they would do it, right? But anyway, so again, I, I I get the premise of it. I I think it's really creative and and, and interesting, right? You've never seen this before, but I find that because you want to have the kid stuff in it, yeah, you want to have the zombie stuff in it too. I, I felt like they dumped down on the zombie stuff too much, right? So. You know, right. what what one expects that's all what what one expects to watch a zombie film now, like it's you not it's it's not like I expect it blood and guts all the time. But you wanna get your right. zombie stuff there. And I finally didn't get that. It was just we had to kinda dilute things because we have kids in the show. And then because of that now right. the movie primarily is a rated our film there. The tone was just all over the place. It wasn't balanced right. well at all, Jen. And if they had just given this is just the script like this, given it like a, a a couple more rewrites, you would have get that even balance, right? Like think of Shore there, yeah. where it managed yeah. to balance the not just the romantic comedy stuff, but the English slice of life stuff there. But they just have yeah. all these throwbacks to old George A. Romero films, right? That's what the film did perfectly, right? So you, they could have done the same thing here, like be like this or this Aussie shorty dead, but in this case you have right. You know the kids and all the stuff there. You know, so you could have your zombie kills and have the 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 crowd pleasing moments because that's what people come to see. That oh, we're gonna play a ukulele and have the the, the zombies sing along. Like, right. That's what we're talking about with the imbalance of the tone. Then just that but one I, scene. I, 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 uh, again, I get where they was going for. Uh, again, some of these jokes land. Like you get what they're trying to do, but yeah, it's, it, the problem is is just the, I think I think the, what it boils down to is just the skill in the filmmaking. Ultimately, you know, yeah, some yeah, people yeah. just have balanced material and other people can't. You think you can balance material and it is look easy, but it's actually really, really tough to pull up, right? And yeah. this this kind of suffer from that. It just felt like, yeah, I, I just gonna just straight up say it, it it's discount shown that he did in a sense, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I agree. Like it's like 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 a five like a one dollar bin <laughs> in the in the DVD store showing it yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I dug it for what it was, and I, I didn't hate this movie or anything like that, but it was like, yeah, you know, it's, it just feel amateur, right? Not, you know, you, you know, it's one of these things where you, you hope a better filmmaker could do more with it if they had the chance. It's one of those. Um, I didn't hate this. It was fine, kind of, but because it was, um, because everything felt so amateur, and just from simple things like the editing and how, how it flows, it does feel like, it really feel like an indie film, like a bad indie film. Like, you know, something that, you know, not a particularly talented person do 
but you know they build up a, they build up a, a little bit of budget and they get a movie out yeah. and you know they get uh, they get one big star in it and you know they do the marketing okay and you know it's it's and when i mean in the film i mean like small small big studio cinema that's what i mean right not a yeah like, like, like it, it, felt, it felt like a netflix film which is ironic because it came out on hulu but it felt like something i could which which is what i did you know watch at home you know what i mean it doesn't feel yeah. like it 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 would have worked as a as a theatrical release at all, right? Even with, well, even with Lupita, you know, you know, in the, in the fourth round, right? And yeah. that that's that's about it for me because I had nothing to write to him about. It. Didn't get anything more about it. It's just about the character piece about him, kind of just coming to terms with him with himself, and that's what the story about is about. Oh, I'm feeling bad and I, I don't know how to address myself, and he had confession time. That's it. That's what the movie yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Like that, that, that's what is true. But um, right. but that's the closing so far. Just find as far because you know with with each of these zombie films, right? You know you have to kind of step things up. You have to kind of innovate things, right? And you think really innovative is just oh well, this is the premise and this is really what it's about. But as far yeah, as execution exactly. goes, it just really didn't no, well, do okay. anything as far as you know zombie films have done. Like sorry, zom zomcoms if you wanna be more specific, yeah, exactly. have done. Like I've seen the, the funnier idea. films, like you know funnier films with even more absurd premises you know than this i've seen those right before and this one didn't really do much for me it just like i say it just really felt like yeah it was kind of made for tv but you know it's more like small budget small scale kind of thing but this happened right. to be on a, a streaming you know on a, on a you know on a streaming site now a station if you will right. right i um yeah i i yeah i agree with that mostly i mean it, it it's not something i i i don't hate this but i don't love it it is disposable somewhat um, it, oh, it you know, is. It is disposable. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I Every, mean, so, sorry to say it, but it is disposable. I'm sorry, yeah. it is. Everybody, everybody, um, everybody in this was kind of halfway, halfway. Um, as I say, Lupita, come and go on for me with this. She's yeah. like, she look okay. It's fine. Yeah, she's and, fine. And I, but and, and I just wish that once again, you, we, because you're going for zombie stuff, like you only give out like one action scene and you just kind of stop it halfway just to show you know blood and she dressed and that's it really like could yeah. they do a little bit more come on but yeah i mean we could talk about its flaws but yeah it is a flawed film but in no way is it a terrible film like like i, I didn't come out of it see like oh it was a waste of time i just wish that you know just given what we've seen before over the years with zombie films and you see this this premise like this you think it oh well this is gonna do something a little bit different and it kind of does a little bit different but not really too much though to really justify it as a film that i you know i'd come back to watch again so yeah, for me, decent show of five, man. It was alright. It was alright for what it was. That a total waste yeah. of time. I mean, Lupita was great, and you know the guy who played that. Uh, sorry, Alexander England. You know he grew up there. George Garner yeah. is heated. Yeah, I'm glad he did. Sorry for spoiling that. But yeah, I mean, it's disposable. It is what it is. But just tone just was so inconsistent. Like I don't know. Like uh, all right. So last thing I'll say before we get to your reading, I think I wonder what uh, uh, when this movie ended. I was wondering if a PG thirteen rating. Would have helped things. Like you, you have these zombie, you'll have a little bit more of these zombie stuff, but you don't make it too valid. But is enough for you to be like, yeah, this is zombie stuff I could roll with. But you still have the sort of kiddie family friendly stuff to balance it out there. Right. Instead of right. making it R and trying to make it so uh, so so edgy there. I think you have to I throw think... the graphical language and stuff like that. It just doesn't feel justified there. So that's why like the first 10, 15 minutes involving Dave just felt like you're just doing this because you're the R rated. It could have just been a well, PG film. I think, me, have, yeah, I think you know. going for that doctor position, they're trying, but it didn't work. But they're yeah. trying to do, oh, well, you know, how you'll cover up things. You look at all this insane shit going on, and then how to make children feel good about that and have them 
pretend and you make a game for them. I think that's the heart of it. And is whether or not you think that works, I don't think it works entirely. It partially works. So I, I just, I, I barely tolerate it as, as it was. Um, for me, well, you well, know... Yeah, what will you give it? Seven out of ten. Like, it, it, it's okay. It, it does it does some okay things right. And, but I, I wish, again, I wish that they... What to say? It could uh, it could use an interesting different style of edit. I go, why why not try to do it? I don't try to play it from the perspective of the children. And then you'd occasionally see stuff like some insane shit going down. So you make oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, right. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. It would have so been you, a you, montage, though, actually. You know what I mean? Right, or something like that. I don't know. I just make kind of two cents Monday morning quarterback in about it. Uh, whatever. But yeah, but I would say if, if, if you're interested, if you're curious, that's, that's the best way to describe it. If you're curious, watch it. But if you if yeah. you like you know your, your zombie comedies to have you know this even balance of humor and you know zombie blood and guts and violence, there are better films out there, right? And unfortunately, this could have been one, but uh, just kind of just kind of dropped the ball there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right. And last things last. Zombieland double tap. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's a job in it was about right. So I, I I actually really enjoyed the first Zombieland, right? This was back in two thousand nine. Yeah. Uh, this was a time. This was already time when you know zombie movies were taking themselves a little too seriously, and this was like right after you know stuff like Twenty Days Later, and then well you know I, I'm glad that you know Shorty then came out around that time to kind of you know show that they could have a little humor in it too. Really, just like back in the eighties and seventies, right? You don't take yourself yeah. too seriously, Daddy Boyle. Even though I really do really um, enjoy Twenty Days Later, although I kind of love the sequel Twenty we- Twenty Weeks Later because of how visceral and intense it was, right? But anyway, right? So to me, Zombieland wasn't like so much a breath of fresh air, but it was just this really like just really fun take on the on the zombie genre, which is exactly what it was. Yeah, it didn't take itself too seriously. It just had a lot of badass stuff, a lot of humor. Um, Few jokes of which don't really uh, work now. You really they kind of fall flat now. But at this time, you know, it was just so charming and funny and just entertaining. And what I love the most about it too is that it didn't overstate welcome. It was just a right. tight, 90-minute runtime. You know, we wasn't trying to go deep into subtext and talk about this and that. It was just straightforward zombie comedy. You know, we kind of cult classic. Like you know, you could tell they were going for that sort of cult classic vibe now, you know what I mean? Where, you know, you have all these quotable lines and all these characters that you know by name and all these scenarios and all that kind of stuff, right? Of course, you got great performances from uh, Woody Harrison, uh, Jesse yeah. Eisenberg, you know, uh, Abigail Breslin, and Emma Stone, who was like, what, 20 at the time, you know what I mean? Still, still shocks me right. how young she was when she was in that. Eh? And yeah, I mean, to this day, I can actually watch it before watching Zombieland 2, and yeah, um, it still holds up to me. Like, it's the funniest, funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I, honestly, I would say it is one of my all-time favorite, you know, horror comedy films ever. But it is yeah, one yeah. that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. So, uh, yeah, yeah. your thoughts right. on the first Zombieland movie? Yeah, no, it came out. It came out at the right time. It was. It came out when it was when yeah, stuff was no like Walking Dead was no sign to ramp up in popularity, kind well, of. I mean, so it's like comics because the, because, the, the yeah, show yeah. did did start at all till like the twenty tens. No, no, yeah, in terms of but in terms of like people's you know is is whether or not is how serious they want to take this stuff. But yeah, you know, at the same time you can make fun of it, and then um you know a little game called Left 4 Dead came out around that time. Yes, 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 awesome. And that never did the material. To, never got to beat that game, though. 
I know. I, I, I suck. I, I just never got around to beat it. <laughs> that games have nothing to beat. It's just levels. I mean, the, the, the only level that you have to beat, per se, is the final level on the bridge, which is, like, pretty easy to do. You just have to run. Right, run, right. Don't fall off the bridge. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, we, we started to get, like, zombies is a kind of thing that you have to know what to do. It is something that's kind of perennial, and, you know, there's a kind of meta meta text with zombies, which is, well, is, 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 the, is the franchise and the, the genre that doesn't die, right? And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and so it's, it's what to do with it, and it's up to you to to, to shoot its head off or to, to keep letting the horde come forward, right? To, to continue that metaphor. And um, Zombie Land, I thought, was was no, more or less pitch perfect at the time, right? It did a lot of great jokes, a lot of great meta text. The whole rules thing was really funny at the time. Yeah, I love the rules in it. It's, can it yeah, makes sense, that, but it's those things yeah. that you would watch a horror film in the similar genre and be like, why you didn't think of that? Why did you yeah. think about double tap? Why did you uh, think about cardio? You know, we I mean? stuff like that. Though. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So you're making fun of the, the material. And then, you know, that, that great opening sequence um, of what oh. I think is, is uh, Metallica. Yes. Um, great, fantastic opening sequence right. with uh, For Whom the Bell Tools. Love yeah, yeah, that yeah. sequence. Yeah. And they, they, it, I, I dug it for what it was. Like, it, it was, it come and go on, you know, great forecaster characters, everybody thing. And then, there's it. Time went, yeah. you know, and all of these people went on to become bigger stars for better for worse. Yeah, um, I, I got nominated or, or won, like, like a Gil Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma Stone. <laughs> well, yeah. Within, within that Under Oscar that. for that, that film that you loved, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. yes, so life went on, and I just kind of forgot about it. I, I didn't think it was somebody they would revisit. But, you know, you have a case of when somebody checked themselves but still wrecked themselves. Ah, yes, uh, ah, yes. And that is what the sequel is. I mean, it, this is such such a like a forgettable, boring, no worrying sequel. Um, yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. Eh? Me, well, I, I, guess... I will, I will, I will do the the, the run through it, right? But I have a kind of love hate, you know, thing with this movie here. But I'll explain a bit, right? So, in a nutshell, that don't want to spoil too much about the, the plot because the plot is just so bearable and simple anyway. Yeah, uh, it's it covers like ten years after the events of the first film. Which is something I want to talk about when I get to my review, right? So, right. of course, you know, well, Tallahassee, you know, Woody Harrison, Columbus, Jesse Eisenberg, Wichita, Emma Stone, Little Rock, Abigail Breslin, you know, they, they, they still have the family dynamic thing going on. They still know how to kill zombies in, in badass for, uh, for fashion. You know, we, we do get a great opening, you know, opening text sequence. Uh, of, I don't know the song, the, I, know the, I, don't, I don't know the artist who did the song, but I know the song from somewhere, right, actually. Uh, and I thought that that sequence worked as well, right? And basically, it's them in the White House now, you know what I mean? So they set up and everything cool. They live in their life. You know what I mean? They, they spend their time there, basically, right? But, uh, that, well, basically, uh, Little Rock now ends up leaving because, uh, well... Right. Okay. Yes, yes, it is. This film just things just happen. Yeah, that is why this book at all. Nothing disconnect. Things I, just happen yeah. after the thing. Event A, then event B. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. You're totally right. Right. So yeah. So um, right. So <sighs> what about Grimes the show? Right. So Columbus now want to propose or at least offer the the idea of marriage. Right. To to right. um so. Wichita, right? And because of just her insecurity, she decides to leave, right? So it's kind of like a repeat of, kind of, you know what I mean? Where she would just always find some kind of reason to leave Columbus and Tallahassee, right? So she leaves right. with her sister, and then while they travel along, uh, they run into this hippie guy, I forgot his name, 
Uh, oh, yes, they call it Berkeley, right? Because he studied at right, Berkeley, right? right? Haha, that's yeah, a joke. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, yeah. you know, we, uh, you know, sparks fly. So all of a sudden, right. you know, Little Rock ended up leaving now in the same car that they, in, uh, that they drove off with. So she ran off basically with Berkeley to God knows where. And now, uh, which to ha- basically come back, kind of, you know, kind of begging for, for the help there. That's another thing that, uh, um, that don't really work for me anymore. Because all of the world building stuff don't really make any sense anymore. So why did they not use it? Here's the thing. Like, like, I like the attempts at world building, right? Well, you know, the communities and the people who, well, doing what they do it and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. Eh? But, you know, like I say, it's just... It just kind of feels like why, like why are you doing this? Why are you there yeah. when you do it? Have all this, all these zombies rampaging and all that kind of stuff, right? So just yeah. to round up the the, the synopsis, right? Because like I say, it just really does feel like a a series of events just being strung along, right? By this really thin plot, admittedly, right? Um, so yeah, so I did, during that time though, well, while you know Columbus pining over the fact that Wichita leave him again. They run into this uh this this uh blood uh her name is uh is Madison. And yeah, basically, yeah. she is a dumb blood, right? She's played by Zoe Dutch. And what did you do nothing with her? And here's the thing, huh? Well, just to kind of change course for a bit. Yes, she is 100% dumb, right? But because of the actress, because of the charm that she brought on screen. And yeah, she have, she have great screen presence, in my opinion. I was laughing through, like, let me just say about two about uh, two thirds of the scenes that she was in, I was just laughing because it's just what she brought to the table. But you know what they think about is just, all right, just see some dumb shit, act dumb, see some dumb shit, act dumb, and that's it. But, right. we, but because she kind of committed, but almost in a kind of okay, I, I'm not gonna go full retard basically. Right? I was I was laughing. I was again. My character, problem right? is that my problem is that they didn't really do anything with the material. Like, no, no, you're, you're right, you're right. Which which yeah. you're gonna get to? You're, you're totally right, right? So, yeah, so she ends up hooking up with Columbus. So, by the time which the come true, is like, oh, you have a girlfriend now. Right. Okay, okay. Right. So, basically, the plot is well, the four of them now, now have to go on this road trip. Yeah, because right. basically, the film is a road trip, eh? not, not like the last film, mind you, not like the last film. Eh? So, it's this road trip now to find uh, Little Rock wherever she is, and of course kill zombies along the way, right? Or try to, you know, flee from zombies before they become zombified. And that pretty much is what the premise is about. That's pretty much what yeah, the show is about. Much, yeah. So yeah, um, so let me just get the good out of the way. Let me get my good out of the way, right? Actors, at least the four leads, they still have it. They still have the chemistry. They still have the, yes, the time. Yeah. Down. They still do what they do well, right? Uh, I was impressed by, yeah, well, everybody, right? Uh, well, I would. There wasn't really like a big standoff for me. Uh, to me, Woody Harrelson still remains my favorite character out of the four. Uh, you know, right. Emma Stone still plays that character. You know, always kind of sarcastic, cynical when she's ready. Uh, well, the, with Little Rock now, with with Abigail's characters as well. Yeah, she grew up, right? And you know, it's just this little running gag that oh, you still calling me a girl, right? Even though in the last one she was twelve, and clearly she's not, right? Uh, and you know, Columbus is Columbus, but he's not as quirky and you know. Uh, not doing stuff, you know. He, he's very knowledgeable. He knows how to hold his own, even though the, how to work a shotgun. Do and I was like, "What? Okay, right. man, we think uh, right." Uh, one of the problems, okay, so that we mentioned that age thing, right? One of the problems I had with it is that it didn't feel like ten years passed at all. I'm gonna talk about that, but go ahead. I want to hear yeah. your. your but that's basically my complaint is that at no point this felt like ten years passed. You know, so I was like, 
wait, time passed, so I'm supposed to take this seriously? Okay. All right. That is what I'm going Why for. Are you supposed to take it seriously because time passed or because 10 years passed? I don't think so. But well, I don't that's know. The thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. I was like, well, so, so, so what's supposed to be watching here in terms of like the world building was kind of off for me now. So it's like, yeah. oh, well, but if, if they just say, if they just say, well, it's a few months later, fine, but 10 years passed. And they, well, they couldn't obviously do that because the actress, the little girl, grew up. So I was yeah. like, so it's 10 years and they, that's all they do. Like, they still, it still, it really feels like a couple months later. You know, is the Breaking Bad problem, right? Yes, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. You think, you know, you right? see this like, months later, but they, they all look older than they really do, right? Right. Yeah. And like, no, the thing is, it's supposed to be 10 years later. Like, right. that was apparently the thing. I was like, yeah, but still do. Like, what? Like, it, it, exactly. Everything was too incongruent. Yeah, but anyway, I want to talk about I want to talk about that year thing in a bit, right? So going on, right? Um, also, um, like I said, the intro was fantastic in my opinion. The jokes, some of them would they really do like the you know the the ref, the self referential jokes, you know the the zombie kill stuff. You know, I mean, they would I even I even found myself really enjoying the zombie kill of the week sequences. There's one in particular that's so incredibly over the top, but this had right. me, uh-huh. it had me it had what me real laugh because yeah, of what I heard up it was. TV series, I think. So that's why they had that zombie kill thing of the week. But that's what I think what it's going for. Like why well, had that in it? With the, the series that they were that they would right. that this would have been. Right. So, so I can't remember it was supposed to have Amazon something and it, it just didn't happen for some reason. Right. Yeah, that that that's true. I think I think that's that's the case. Yeah. Um okay. and look, well, hey, they, they get to make movies out of it, right? I make money. Haha, right? So there's right. an inspiration there, kids. Anyway, right? So um and I liked set pieces like the production design was cool um actually like i wasn't sure where the story was going because they have this point where they stop at uh where they're going to um to graceland and they run into rosario dawson who i didn't even well i actually forgot was in the show and you know, unfortunately didn't really give she much to do in it at all except to be like a potential love interest to tallahassee they have they yeah. do the the well they, they finally do the show they did joke which was just a short scene in that movie where you see like the doppelgangers, you know what I mean, of Tallahassee, right, right. Columbus, right? Tallahassee, which, Columbus. Which, which I thought, which I thought would have been would have been funny, and that should just drag and didn't yeah, work it, at it, all. It, it dragged, they, they dragged it. I was, yeah. I, I was more kind of like, okay, well, well, all right. So Columbus's doppelganger thought that that parallel was funny. I didn't really feel right. it though with Luke Wilson, who was playing Tallahassee's work. It was just like, literally, right. okay, we had to have a, a funny guy, a funny actor, comic actor, sorry. So who right. we have that doesn't really do anything? Oh, yeah, Luke Wilson. Okay, cool. Aha, right. Luke Wilson going up against Woody Harrison. Like, come on, like, really? Yeah. yeah. I don't think. But, because but so however, though, however, though, the, the payoff, right? Because there's a payoff involving the two of them. I thought that worked. I thought that worked as well. They had to even do, like, this cool kind of one take. You know, they make it look like a one take action scene that's all i see involving them i was like all right i feel that 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 would but yes having them in the film was kind of pointless because they were just mainly there to have an action scene but other than that the action scene i was in i was i was, I was entertained by lasting last i enjoyed the, the action scenes for what for for, for what they were i, I would I, I can't go out of my way to say that they were better than the than the uh the original than the first film but i do like the action set pieces they were they were excited they were they were fun to watch you know what i mean there was just I, I got my zombie uh, fix from those scenes. So I get, I get my buddies with somewhat from those scenes, right? But yeah, uh, but on to the not so good. I don't want to say bad, right? And I'll explain why at the end. Actually, I'll say it now before I forget. So because Zombie Land, right? The first one, 
wasn't trying to be anything that it was, right? It was just a straightforward cop, uh, zombie cop, right? And it had that kind of cult classic feel to it. You know what I mean? Where it wasn't trying to be anything unique. Or it, was, it was being unique, but it wasn't trying to be anything out there, right? It was just trying to entertain and just give you all these quotable moments, right? So I would, like, this one kind of feels like a like a repeat of the same thing there. But because it yeah. not trying to take itself too seriously, I kind of let it slide there. But then when you think about it now, it's 10 years, right? It's 10 years. Yeah. You think it would be a little bit more aware of that, a little bit smarter, a little bit more... Like, you, you felt like they, they took time to really put this thing together. But, I'm uh, sorry, it really does kind of feel like a, like, okay, the first one was a hit, and they was hoping that, okay, the next two, three years would have a sequel. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's because the actors kind of move on and do better things or something. But I think they would have been on board to come back and do this, though. But this really does feel like a script that would have been, that would have come out, like, what, like, 2012 or like around the time when you know stuff like eyes on me and you know walking dead would have come because that would have been like a nice it would have fit nice there but because, yeah, because no, I, had, I had one short joke about the comic and it's like oh this is so unrealistic with walking dead i was like mm-hmm. yeah and i was like yeah but back when the show came out that would have been funny but yeah. now with season yeah. 10 and people that cared about walking there's like oh yeah well yeah. right awesome. so, so now that's why i wondered why maybe this is why they put it out then well maybe that that re, like they didn't do it intentionally, but just ironically, this kind of come out at the time when people stopped caring about The Walking Dead, you know what I mean? So, it's kind of weird how this movie come out at this time. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, uh, and then also to just talk, just to touch on the whole time gap thing. I was telling myself, okay, it's 10 years after, but it doesn't, re- like I say, it really doesn't feel like it's 10 years later, though, because uh, this, is, this is the first time that I got it, eh? It's not with Abigail's character and how she grew up. It's not that, right? But is with the relationship between Columbus and, yeah. uh, and, 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 and which stuff. Because in the end of yeah. the last film, they had that kiss, right? It's like, okay, they're yeah. a couple now. So you're telling me, 10 years from now, you want to drop the question, bro? Yeah. So, no, in, no, 10 I... years, so, 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 so in 10 years, which didn't know everything she is there to know about, uh, about, um, about Columbus. I know right. he's the type of person that will eventually drop the question. So when he yeah. does drop it 10 years from now, you're just like, no, I can't have that. You drive off? Yeah, no, it's another thing. Another thing that was annoying to us. Yeah, that too. And then, you know, they, the whole them calling each other by the state thing and the anonymity. That don't make any sense still. Little yeah, stuff like that. I know call each other by name. It's 10 yeah. years, though. 10 years. That, know, don't that, make... and, and the funny part could have just been like, everybody else have the, you know, the, the, the nicknames there. But they know who they are. But no, we have to keep it, you know, because they're such cult icons now, you know what I mean? The Columbus and the Tallahassee. But like, yeah. it's 10 years past. You don't need to go through that. Yeah. And once again, the whole family dynamic stuff. Like, okay, so... And it just, like, once again, it, like I, in my head, I tell myself, this can't be 10 years later. Like, this is probably five or six years or something like that now like yeah, i was imagining that now. it's only after the fact i was like wait this is 10 years after dread so why play it off like that why couldn't it just been at least a six years or something so so it, it at least the whole relationship between um columbus and uh wichita would have been justified a little bit more like oh you're all in a relationship for so long you didn't think he was gonna drop the question but now he drop it and you get you get cold feet i don't understand that but 10 years dog nah Nah, man. Like that makes no sense. Um, also, as far as world building goes, because the only bitter world building we get is oh, zombies have have uh, have morphed over the years. 
And in the intro, now, like, kind of reminiscent of the first film, right? Where they just show how the apocalypse took place. Now, people just randomly got attacked, right? In this case, oh, we have different zombies. So we have this type and that type and that type. And I was right. like, in the superpowered ones. But in, in just this lazy for- fashion, they just decide, hey, we're going to take that one and we're going to have a whole marauding horde of them. And these are the ones that, you know, our heroes have to fight in the very end. Right. Okay. So. Where where or where does this where does group come from? And it's just out of the blue, they just suddenly show up and they're just charging in, right? Now, as far as like I can with production is in, I like the fact that I, I actually like the location and the idea behind it of yeah, the, yeah. where the final set piece. I, I like where it is. I'm not gonna spoil it, right? But I like yeah, the yeah, idea of it in comparison to it justify it justify why they have to do X, Y, and Z for the it, most part. Exactly. And what I like too, it's it it kinda it's a it's a contrast to well, this idea that Okay, we we in Zealand, so we just had to get ammo and guns and just had to blast zombies, just like that. That's like that's we that's our day job now. So I like in right. that case now. Once again, don't want to spoil it, right? But it's like, oh, there's an alternative to it. Just kind of get away from it and have your life, okay? And of course, this utopia that's all I'll see is will be yeah. you know will be put at risk when the the horde shows up, right? So I like that, but still, it's ten years, dread. Like, could have given us a little bit more. But then again, once again, because the show isn't trying to be anything too serious, they just kind of throw away world building. But still, they kind of give them a little bit more of it. Do just tell me, okay, this character's here, and this is the belief because that's what they believe, and this character here, and they staying here because they just decide to stay here. Like, how has the world, how has the, yeah, because it's not just the United States, eh? it's the world, eh? How has the right. world changed since danger? Like, people just go about yeah. killing zombies pretty much the same way, like, if it was literally, like, two months later. Two days first film, like and that. Really <laughs> just can't, can't help but shake it. And, yeah, like, while you watch this thing, it's just so glaring. It's like, yeah, this this really does feel like this could have been a sequel that came out two, three years after. But, no, it's ten years, and there's little to no world building, really. You know what I mean? Just set piece after set piece, scenario after scenario. Characters is doing this stuff. And I mean, while it's fun to watch and you're laughing and all that, you just wish that there was a stronger story. And I'm not saying that the last film had a strong story, but at least there was a story. There was there was some moments of tension, some stuff that, you know, you were looking forward to see how it plays out. Not like, oh, we're just going to run through yeah. the motions and then we're going to have the final set piece because that's what you come to, that's what you pay money for, right? And that's it. That's really it. So now I'll say about the love hate relationship stuff, though, and then you'll get to your last thoughts and reading, right? So because. I know the first film not trying to be anything special, um, try, not trying to be anything that's not. I not, I wouldn't go as far as saying, well, you know, double tap is like an insult to that. It does feel like the same kind of vibe, you know what I mean? But once again, it's 10 years we're talking about. At least justify that in the opening, uh, at least. Uh, you, you didn't have to do the variations of zombies. Nobody cares about that. Like, nobody cares. Because at the end of the day, it's just yeah. the zombies running and they get shot at, right? With the exception of the super zombies. At least that added a bit of attention. That was cool. Even though they, they, they mostly just do away with that in the final set piece. But anyway, right? But yeah, just develop things a little bit more. Kind of update the formula a little bit more. Instead of just giving us the same old same. So, like, I understand. The fans will love the first one and they'll love the second one here. I pretty much enjoy this less than the first film, but I would say... Yeah, I would... Yeah, this one here, Double Tap. I enjoy this one less than the first one. The first one still stands out there, but I still wouldn't say that I genuinely hated it or felt it was boring or, you know, whatnot. But 
to be honest though we could have gotten a lot more out of this and and i'm not saying you know add more complexity to it but just update your formula man just give us more things just update the stuff it's just instead of just giving us the same 2009 stuff but in 2019 like it's so you could see how dated it is that you know the formula is even right down and i'll end here with um with with woody saying not up or shut up and then having emma stone say you know you could cover a better line than that you know like that in itself that that one piece of dialogue is kind of some of the whole movie right there is the same thing like before but you know it's like come on are we really doing this again anyway your last words or comments comments on the movie and you'll no, have to read i was shocked that they they just didn't evolve at all but you know they do the they do the bullshit thing of well we we could talk about this thing and reference this thing and you know you go home and accept that now and it didn't work at all it really didn't work at all none of it worked it, it it's you know it's it, it's self-referential and making self-referential jokes but don't really add it on right. adding any interest in it it didn't work it doesn't okay. work at all for me at all like not even close you know right. it, it can in fact frankly waste my goddamn time and one more thing about it i felt that it's just they could have evolved this script man holy shit they, yeah you know uh, yeah re- really what it was unknown is the script though like the script could have just yeah. like uh, apart from you know just removing all the dust i don't think yeah. remove all the dust yeah. from it but just punch it up to update it just really update the, the script yeah, you know what it felt like? Um, once Secret came out and it, it like, didn't evolve the genre and had a chance to be commentary and it didn't do that, it was kind of like Glass. Ah, like, this... oh, oh, okay. That's what you, okay, that's what you compared it to, okay. I, yeah, I, I, what... I hated Glass. Well, Glass was worse than that double tap, in my opinion. But well, uh, yeah, speak yeah, but It's like, they just didn't do anything with this. And, it, you know, they could have evolved. Again, if this came out in 2011 or 10, fine. You know, I'd be like, ah, oh, it is a sequel, sequel, like this, and you move on. But 10 years, not like too much time, man. Yeah, I, I agreed, but and, and yeah, that, yeah, that's this is the film's downfall, man, unfortunately. Um, yeah. but you know what, rated wise, you know what, I will, I will give this a very, 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 very light three, three and a half out of five. I just mean fair here, but reason being is because, yeah, it still have the crawl, please, and stuff. It's still have the stuff that you enjoy from the first film. So if you're going to worry that you're not going to get, you'll get, right? But just, Unfortunately, it's just the same old same. Not really much of a of a strong story or character motivations going on. Just characters going through the motions, and you just watch them because they're likable characters, and that's it, right? right? Uh, yeah. um, and, and the best way to describe it, too, yeah. uh, I'll close off here, right? Just like with, uh, I'll, I would say this, right? Like if you know this and the first movie came out as a combo pack, as a Blu-ray, I'd buy those. I'd buy that in a heartbeat, right? Just so I can have both of them and say, hey, I have both of them so I can watch them as a double feature. But I would not personally buy Double Tap as a single Blu-ray at all, or, or DVD. I would buy it single. I would quicker buy the first one than the second one. But if they're in a right. combo pack, like I say, I'd buy it. I'd buy it, right? So if you're a fan, you'll enjoy it. If you expect anything more than what you got for the first one, yeah, uh, admittedly, you'll be, you'll be very disappointed. Uh, so what's your rating? Uh, yeah, CC8, um, 5 out of 10. You know, I didn't hate it, but they could have do more with this. And I was, it's just kind of just frustrating to just watch and play out. Just to see it play out in, in a really boring way. They could have just do so much more with this. And they do nothing with it. And it's like, wow, well, they, like, I just kind of come and go on and, yeah, yeah, you had to bring something to the table, man. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't do that. Yeah, and, and once again, I know the show isn't known for its complexity, because there isn't any. 
But still, it's 10 goddamn years, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, they could have, they could have do some of this, man. Yeah. All right, so with all that being said, Ricardo, where can, where can we find you online? I'm at RMDDY on Twitter. You can find me there. And you can just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, and I'll be here as well. All right. Um, I, I'll be on Twitter. Just look for Bear Beat Bailey. On Instagram, look for Bears Beats and Bailey. On Facebook, just look for my name, Machu Bailey, along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base. We find a link to this podcast, as well as the ones that we've done over the past few years, including retrospect reviews. And uh, stuff to look forward to. Uh, well, you know, uh, Wu-Tang and American Saga, which I covered the first three episodes, is wrapping up this week at this recording. Um, so yeah. I'll do a... Just my honest thoughts on the on the season here. Kind of keep on my fingers crossed that we have a second season, but we'll see. Uh, also, speaking of that, uh, we're supposed to get in the first half of the final season of Bojack Horseman, you know, very soon. Right. Along with Dolomite is my name, which I'm really excited to see. Um, yes. I want this to be top 10 so bad. Would it be top uh, best of the decade? Perhaps? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, like right now, I don't really have any comedies there thus far, you know what I mean? But, you know, it'd be cool if I have a a comedy or biography of sorts there, you know what I mean? Um, also, well, uh, Watchmen actually is going to be premiering tonight, the time it's recorded. I assume it was right. last yeah, week, but it's actually tonight. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'll I'll check it out and share my thoughts with it. Well, uh, as also, as... also the quick correction, I thought uh, Mr. Robot was premiering last week, it's really this week. Sorry, it was last, previous week. From... Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the previous week then when you said it was yeah, which I don't last week. I'm still recapping it. So I'll eventually jump into season four. Don't worry, right? And as far as theatrical releases go, um, we have Black and Blue, which I mean, as much as I like Naomi Harris and to an extent Tyrese Gibson, uh, kind of not really feeling to see it. And as far as theatrical releases go, well, we have two data dark feet, which you get yeah. in Halloween. Oh. Which, by the way, I will oh. not be watching the Halloween because I'll be watching some some good. So good horror flicks, man, because it's Halloween, goddammit. So, uh, but I will not be, I probably might watch you for this Nightmare Down Street film, you know what I mean? But right. <laughs> anything but Freddy's dead all over again, though. But yeah, yeah. Uh, to be later, Dark Pit will have to wait till after Halloween, but um, go ahead with expectations. Incredibly low. Yeah. And yeah. hey, maybe I might enjoy it. Hopefully, the, the action scenes will stand up more than Genesis. Just saying. Uh, but um, I don't know. When time comes, you'll. Well, they're looking, they're looking terrible across the board. And then, you know, how I know that looking bad is all the all this cross-promotion for Gears of War 5 in it. I was like, why? Oh, and Mortal boy. Kombat. Yeah, and, and Mortal Kombat. Yes, yes, yes. Although, yeah, although, was, although the fatality that that um, that the TV Tundra did was, was kind of awesome, though. Yeah, but that's just a hype. Just probably the fact that the movie going to be trash. Now, so. Yeah. But I have to yeah. see it because, you know... It's, too many things we blood now, you know what I mean? It's part of we 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 childhood, so we we had to kind of see how you know, yeah, that's anyway. <sighs> and yeah, that's pretty much about it. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was my Billy and Ricardo Medina, and we are signing off for another episode of BSB to Billy. So, until the next one, take care, peace.